Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast episode 14, a selectbutton.net guide podcast. Every week we select three games at random, you get to vote on which one we play, and then we discuss it using the five standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which are vanity, mystery, poetry, harmony, and gun. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Uh, I am your host, Virtual Clint. I am your co-host, Career Rice. And today we are joined by... It's me, Shrug at Nubbit.Zone, and I love this tough, tough boy. Hello, it is Talpa. I am the toughest. I'm Infinite Nutshell. I'm one second before, I'm the third toughest mole in this dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. That's a good reference. Um, this week, we're... Oh, gamers, oh. right? Yeah, gamers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> More like ready player everyone. Yeah. Good oh, like lamers. Ooh. Oh. All right. Uh... <laughs> This week, this week we're playing Mr. Tough. Tough with two Fs. I love to say that. I don't know why. Uh, it was developed by Tough. Tough. It was developed by Sales Curve Interactive, which is like a British game development, but mostly publishing company. Um, they're most famous to me because they published Trodlers, which was, I think, a Commodore's. No, it's like an Amiga game or something, and then they put put it on the Super Nintendo. Anyway, but they also ported Shinobi to a bunch of com- computer systems, and they developed a game called Gender Wars, which it looks as terrible as it sounds. So I'm not sure they're, they're not exactly like top tier. Um, anyway, Mr. Tough was developed between '94 and '95, sometime uh, for the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis or Master System, but it was never published. This is not a published no, game. The, the, the Mega Wait, was it the Master System or oh, the Mega fuck. Drive? It was the Mega Drive. I always get those confused because they get off of the cast. I know I'm out of here. I'm a Super Nintendo expert. Sega sucks. Wait, isn't the Mega Drive just the Japanese name of the Genesis, or am I confused? It's the Mega Drive is the Genesis. He accidentally called it the Master System. Yeah, okay. the, the Mega Drive is the Genesis in Japan and all the PAL. It, it was only Genesis in the U.S., which I don't understand. Oh, why. I didn't know that. Oh, okay, cool. It's because of the metric system. Um, But yeah, so this game was never published for any system whatsoever. Um, Luckily, somebody dumped... Which is so sad. I know. Like, it's bizarre. And we'll get into it. Like, it's it's really strange that this game was never published. But but yeah, so we played a prototype version of this game called Mr. Tough. There's a couple of them floating around. I think we played the most finished one, maybe. I don't know. I dumped them all in there. But uh, I think it was dumped by one of the artists who worked on the game called named Ned Langman. And he hosted it on his site way back in the day. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's basically a complete game. And I asked everybody to play an hour. Uh, but how long did you play and about how far did you get in this game? Can I uh, actually say something real quick about the publisher? Oh, please do. Uh, so Sales Curve Interactive, which in my opinion is the most heartless business sounding name for a company you could possibly think of. Yep. Uh, eventually rebranded as Sci Interactive, which is a much better sounding name. They eventually bought and merged with ADOS, or IDOS, uh, and so therefore the people who made this are now a part of Square Enix. Oh, ah, interesting. So, yeah. Also, I find it crazy that they bought IDOS, and so the IDOS that we knew that merged with Square Enix was actually, like, 
it's it, it's these people. So I find it just strange that they developed this game. Wait, no, no, they they, they published this game, right? Who no, they say- they developed it too. It, they, yeah. they were seen, I think they were the only people involved in this game. Whereas most other games, they they were publishers or they developed ports. So this one was one of their few original games. How strange. Yeah. That's right. I mean, Either way. no one published this game, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> touché, touché. Though it looks like Ocean was going to. Oh, yeah, because Ocean's is on the title screen, yeah. So, so And they really seem to like those uh, British-looking Amiga games that go onto the Super Nintendo. This is a very British game somehow to me. And it's more than just when you put in your your uh, name for the high score, instead of a race, it says rub. There's more going on that, that makes it feel British to me, but we'll get into that. I did take a, a screenshot of that. Of that rub? Sorry, sorry I talked over you. Not. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware that rub was like a, a Britishism for a race. I just thought, oh, this is a short enough to fit in their little sprite. No, I no. only see it on British games, yeah. Yeah, British people love to rub things out. <laughs> Hi, Curry's mom. <laughs> Alright, so... So Square, Square owns Mr. Tough, then. So does that mean maybe the next Final Fantasy could have a Mr. Tough cameo, or maybe... We could He's get a Kingdom Square. Hearts 3. Kingdom That's Hearts. it, Kingdom yeah. Hearts. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so do we want to move on to what we were saying about how long we played this? Yes, so, yeah, how long did everybody play, and how far did you get? I played it for probably an hour. I'd like to say two hours, but I have no concept of time. So, um, I got about as far as World or Land 3. I had just beaten the second boss somewhat easily, uh, which I was surprised by because everyone else seemed to have a bit of trouble with it. But it, like, immediately... As soon as the fight started, it handed me uh, the lightning punch, and so I just made quick work of it. But go figure. Um, After that, I promptly lost all of my lives to stupid pitfalls and just decided I would YouTube the rest. I also made it to World 3, which I believe was called Nuclear Land. Yes. And... Uh, was very sleepy, so I decided to just YouTube the rest and skip around in the video of the rest of the game. I made it most of the way through World 2 because I put everything off until the last moment and just actually got wild and tough. So I got to experience the uh, drill fist. That was my last Mr. Tough experience. That was your last video game experience. As possibly for life. It was the peak. I saw the drill at the end of the tunnel and closed my eyes and faded away. (laughs) Uh, Surprisingly dark already. (laughs) So I mean... Are we not done talking about Shrug fading away? (laughs) (laughs) I think think we're good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I played for like an hour and ten minutes, and then uh, while I was like finishing up writing out some notes, I let the attract mode play, and like I actually learned how to play the game. (laughs) 
Because there's a bunch of things in the attract mode that I hadn't figured out yet, which we'll get to later. I played like two hours, and I really didn't get that far. I got to World 3, Nuclear Land, and I did not get to the boss of it. Because despite playing for two hours, I think I spent like a half hour to 45 minutes just on boss number two. Uh, because I arrived with the Drill Hand, which is the worst possible weapon to fight that guy with. And and you didn't see the uh, lightning fist over to the right of the boss string. Hold up. Are we talking about the airplane flying guy? Yes. Uh, what? There's a lightning fist? Damage. Yeah, there's just over to the right, there's a little capsule with uh, the lightning fist in it as soon as you start. Wait a second. Okay, that was not there in my version. I think I'm playing a different version than everyone else because I already had the ROM on my computer, and so I didn't download the one that Clint put up. Oh. So it might be that I had a different edition, like a different build. Maybe yours is an earlier version. I wrote down the date and time on it. So mine is July 12th, 1994 at uh, 1649. PM? <laughs> <laughs> military time. Uh, 4.49. All, all military time is AM, actually, so that's not possible. All military time is BC, so you can all be quiet. Mili- the military BCE now. Oh. It's terrible. All the whole military is full of SJWs now. <laughs> um, they're everywhere. So, so that's weird. What was mine? I, I don't know what my my version was. It's from 1999. So one second before, I was working off of a version that's at least five years older than what we were playing. Why would there be what? a 1999 version of this game? Yeah, I think I, I I think you're talking about the title that's on, or the time that's on the title screen, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look. Hold on. Oh, there's a time on the title screen. I thought you were talking about the last modified uh, if, timestamp. If oh no, a, no, no. If there's a timestamp on the title screen, then you are using an earlier version because the version we were playing does not have it, or at least the version I did. Oh man! Yeah, the the version I have just says licensed by Nintendo on the title screen. Yeah, you're right. Mine says copyright 1995 when we look at the uh, at the ocean thing. So maybe even that's indicative. So yeah, you were playing an earlier version. So that's yeah. There's two versions floating out there, and that's there you go. Interesting. Okay, so on that boss, uh, Mr. Damage. For me, there was no lightning thing on the right, but on the left, there was a little power up that lets you fly around. Did you guys have that? I don't think so. We have yeah, we no, we have that we could destroy that had the little chip pack. Wow. Okay, my boss fight was completely different because uh, on the one I was fighting, like you go to the left, you get one of those R button power ups, and it's a jet pack, and you can fly around the guy. So while he's flying, you can fly, which was pretty cool, but not that effective. I was gonna say that sounds awesome, but also like extremely imprecise. It was really good to abuse because when you take a hit, uh, when you have that jetpack, you just lose the jetpack, and then the jetpack respawns, so you can go and get the jetpack again. But even oh, with, nice. yeah, but even with that, it still took me like forty-five minutes to beat this guy because I had the fucking drill. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the, the, the thing that is most helpful is that extra punch because even with the extra hit, that one's kind of a, kind of a bastard. I didn't actually use the electrical one. Oh, but oh, but we're not in gun yet because I haven't said what how how much I played this game. I played this game for about an hour and a half right before the podcast. I also got to World Three, and then I watched a bit of the speed run that exists because this prototype game has been speed run, um, and saw some of the the stuff that I didn't get to see, but not much because I was busy doing other things like trying to set up my my podcast so not all my tech stuff would explode, which happened anyway. Anyway. So, so yeah, so we got, we all got relatively like about the same spot, like either end of world two or beginning of world three. So that's good. Yeah. I feel like I should have done one more run or like remember to create a save state at some point in world two so that I could have finished world two because I had like two lives left when I got to the mill level and I just fell in the pit immediately twice. And, and that was the end of my run. The pits in this are, uh, well, the pits, they're really kind of mean. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of moments where I was hit by an enemy, flew over onto a falling um, platform, the kind you stand on, and then it just slowly falls down. And my character in the in the recovery period just waited there and slowly died. And that brings us to our first topic, which is gun. Um, and this is honestly the most gun game we've played in a long time. We're already diving into the mechanics because it's a very mechanic-heavy game. So, uh, yeah, no, the pits were, were bad. And especially because this is a game where you you have four health. So each hit only takes away one health. A pit is extra mean because it just murders you in one go. Like, there's there's nothing else. So an enemy can hit you for one health and then you fall into a pit and you just die. Like, it's, it's the worst. And it's, and it's the only thing that does that, too. Even spikes will uh will not kill you immediately so it's just the pits are the pits some of them are a little bit like uh, tricky too like there's there's one level where you have to jump on these buckets on little rope conveyor belts and i thought the conveyor belts were actually like the platform so i just jumped to my death immediately uh, i did that too this is, this is the mill level that i that i mentioned and immediately died twice on the first time i i thought that it was a platform and just jumped onto it and the second time i tried to wait for the bucket and missed yeah yeah that that, that level is cruel <laughs> this is the problem with those really thick black lines around everything is that you think everything's solid yep exactly yeah there it it could have could have used some work but that's a common common thing with these uh these snes platformers i overall thought that the gun the gun on this game was was real tough it was powerful like i i felt good because the the general idea let's let let me kind of give you an idea of more what it is than just a platformer so it's a platformer but what you're doing is running around as this robot mr tough um who's got boxing gloves big red fists and you've got two major demolition robot is he a de- okay, yeah, it's a demolition robot. That's what it is, isn't it? Okay, that's great. Um, <clears throat> so you he's the last he's the last of the demolition robots versus the evil military robots. The evil yeah. military robots. That's the- what it says in the attack mode. This is actually an anti-military game. Yeah, and it's also got the exact same premise as Wally because it's about like all the humans have left Earth to go live on space stations and on other planets, and now all that's left is these robots. Pixar is full of hacks. 
maybe they stole it from Mr. Tough. <laughs> from an unreleased Super Nintendo game. Very, very commonly happens, you know. It's unreleased, so nobody knows about it. And then, yeah, you just steal all your ideas from it. Yeah, it's like how Toy Story was based on the Toy Story Super Nintendo game. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that Gene Wolf story. Oh, yeah. Tulpa knows. Yeah. yeah. Tulpa yeah. knows all. That's Tulpa. a reference that only cool. I get. The War Beneath the Tree. Danette, put that on your reading list, everyone, so you can keep up with Shrug and Tulpa. It's a good one. Look it up. Is that about a wolf wearing jeans? Uh. Would you call that a jolt? No. <laughs> the, hero, the, the hero is werewolf. Probably features a wolf wearing jeans. Um, if a wolf wore jeans, would it wear them? Never mind. <laughs> like this? <laughs> or like this? Okay, wait, I want to talk. I want to tell everyone how this game plays, because otherwise a lot of stuff is going to not have itself. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you you feel pretty badass punching stuff and and swinging your uh, wrecking ball arm for the special attack to, to punch stuff better. And then you get hit, and you spend like six years in your, oh, I got hit animation, and and you stop feeling badass and feel really frustrated that you can't keep playing for like five whole seconds. It, yeah, that yeah, animation true. is the worst. You like go fully supine on the ground for like a year. Uh, but yeah, this is a 2D platformer, uh, pretty standard Super Nintendo style, uh, but weirdly polished considering it's unreleased. And uh, oh, and by the way, I checked just now and on the title screen, it doesn't just say the date and time for me. It said version 0.90 with pot noodle font. So I know the font they used, at least. Pot noodle. Nice. Pot noodle. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the two attacks, because you've got one straight punch, which is fast. You can kind of do it on the move. Like, you don't have to fully come to a stop to do it, which is nice. It feels good. And then you've got this overhead swinging punch that, like, slams the ground. And it's much stronger. It's slower, but it also hits overhead. So that's a, a nice, like, I really like that that trade-off that you do. to be You do slower but more powerful, but you also get that, like, extra range. You can also pick up, like, hats that can shoot missiles. That's fun. You can, you've can you got uh, other fists that replace your overhead attack with different things. Like, one of them's a flame thing where it's the same overhead attack, but it shoots flames everywhere. One of them's kind of like a short-range wave gun thing. Like, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, they, there's a lot going on. I was looking in the speedrun, and apparently later on, maybe in the bonus world, um, there is a bowling ball fist which rolls along the ground, and that was really neat in my opinion. I got that one. That's That was, at least for me, that was in uh, Nuclear Land in the castle level. At the very beginning, you can get the bowling ball. Nice. The base attacks are really satisfying for this kind of game, and... I know the, the few others that I picked up in the course of the game were varied and in their effect and really interesting and satisfying. And I think the Drill Fist brings a level of brutality to uh, cute Super Nintendo platformers that I have never seen. It's like you just thrust out your drill arm and as long as your enemy has health, and you hold down the button, they are stuck on your drill, and you are drilling them, and as other enemies encounter your drill arm, 
they stack up on that arm and they are getting drilled. You go from Mr. Tough to Mr. Driller and you just drill and drill and drill until they're dead. I guess I never held down the button when I had the drill. I just thought it was like a, a you sweep up attack, which seemed kind of weird. But yeah, if, if was you just tap it, it's not. In, uh, a level, in, in level one anyway. If you just tap it, it's not that great. But if you hold it down, it's it's pretty amazing. It's savage. Um, it felt just like the, uh, the chainsaw from Doom and Doom 2. That's what it made me think of. Ooh, that's a that's a good sell. I never had the enemy stack on that, so I didn't get the full effect, but I did see at least it drain one enemy's health, which was nice. Yeah, it feels really good to use on regular enemies, and despite the fact that I was trash-talking it earlier with the boss, it is good normally. But when you attack a boss with it, the boss doesn't like get stuck on the drill the way an enemy does. The boss just continues doing what they're going to do anyways, uh, which is usually killing you while the drill just slowly drains health. And you can only lay there and think, why didn't I play the most recent version of this game? This would have had a lightning fist. <laughs> yep. Well, those military robots probably have really thick and um, well-heat-treated armor carapaces, so uh, that drill bit just isn't hard enough to cut into them and stick. Yeah, that's why you need to use the elemental elemental attacks, you know. Are the regular enemies not also military robots? I mean, some of them are like toys and cockroaches and things, but some of them are people, I thought that the robot-looking ones were military robots. They're yeah. shills for the military. They're toadies. They're yeah, they're what, about skateboarding? Oh, okay. what about the skateboarding hooligans? Are yeah. Those, are those <laughs> robots? Those look like hooligans, not robots. There was that was that Skate. totally came out of nowhere for me. Skate they're definitely robotic hooligans. Robot. <laughs> Hold on, but there is one enemy that is just a lady wearing like a leather outfit with a gun in the uh, what is it? The parking? No, the 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 power plant stage, right? No, that was but in the she, car park. Yeah, it's oh, in, in the, the car, car park. park. Yeah, yeah. He definitely just runs in and then shoots a fucking gigantic laser at you. Startled the hell out of me. Yeah, this hey. where did he come from? Why? Why is? Why are you on this planet still? Yeah, like there's a lot. This game has a lot, just a lot, well, like capital A, capital L. What about all of the ghosts? Those weren't robots either. There's ghosts. Uh, there's women with guns. House. Yeah, I don't have a problem with ghosts because that's not in uh, contradiction with the story as explained in the attract mode. That's true. The ghosts true. are not going to be leaving the planet to go on the space station as well. I but why not? That's not what the movies have told me. <laughs> many, many movies have told me that spaceships is full are full of ghosts. Yeah, I mean it, it doesn't say that they didn't take any ghosts with them. It just says that they took every living thing. They, uh, <laughs> I, my problem with them being real ghosts and not robot ghosts is that uh, robot law indicates that. Robots cannot hurt humans. And I think this is accurate to Asimov's vision. <laughs> I guess it is. Because we're not hurting... Well, no, no, that's not true. We're hurting that, that poor lady. Yeah, and the hooligans. Mr. Tough beats the hell out of some humans in this game. Mr. Tough hits a big green button that explodes the skateboard hooligans. Like, we're, we're not even talking about, oh, knock him out. Like, it 
there, there's a button that just destroys everything on the screen when the hooligans. It's fucking great. Oh, right. If you notice uh, when he, when you hit that button, he puts on goggles. So I'm pretty sure that's actually like gamma radiation or something, like a nuke going off. Because there is a lot of uh, nuclear themes in this. If if he has to put on goggles, does that imply that he's got like organic eyeballs? Oh my god! <laughs> just like just like in Wally. And he covers his ears, so Mr. Tough has a. Maybe he was just programmed to model proper safety as a like workplace robot, so that any humans he was around would have a good example to aspire to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. He's gotta he's gotta be able to smash things apart, and he's gotta be able to say, "Here's when you put your seatbelt on." I want to. So he is definitely a demolition robot, which is clear because the point of every level is to find supporting columns and destroy them. And when you finish a level, it just turns to rubble on the overworld map. I love that. That is good. I was that wondering about sense. with those support beams. That as a gameplay mechanic made no sense to me because. Okay, when you enter a level, it says, like, three columns or three targets, right? It says, like, three targets or two targets or whatever. And at first, I didn't know what the targets were until I noticed the number going down whenever I destroyed a column. And most of the time, the columns are on your way to the exit. Like, you have to destroy the columns to continue. Yeah, you can't miss them. Yeah, so having it be a list of targets doesn't really make sense because you've just got to do that to get through anyways. But I was wondering if anyone ever encountered a situation where they didn't destroy enough targets and they got to the exit. And, like, what happens in that case? Yes, um, I did. The temple has optional columns that are really easy to miss because they are just level geometry. Well, not geometry, but they're just level bits, so it's hard to see them sometimes. Um, And, yeah, if you get to the exit without smashing all the columns, it'll say three targets remaining or whatever. Um, So, yeah, it won't let you leave. There are also... um... So I, I, uh, in one of the toy factory levels, I got into a secret area and when you go out the exit path, you destroy a column and I don't think it counted it, even though it was the same sprite as the ones that do count. There are absolutely, there have to be, um, columns that you don't need to smash like there's more than what you need to do because there are secret paths that you can sometimes go down and they'll have columns that i was like i would never get to this unless i went down the secret path but the secret path is not necessary to completing the level so i think if you have two targets in a level there's a good chance you're going to have like three or four columns so which is interesting though it's very easy to find all of the columns if you play this game the right way by just constantly swinging your fists around uh even if there's nothing on screen that looks like it should be destroyed that is true yeah just keep keep swinging keep on swinging (laughs) um let's see what else oh there's vehicle sections and i loved these so there i only got to two i think there's at least another one but there's a there's a point where you can grab a uh, a wrecking ball thing like a bulldozer with a wrecking ball attached and it's got physics as much as a super nintendo game is going to have physics so you have to slow down and then speed up to make the ball swing and only then does it do damage it's it's amazing oh i hated that thing (laughs) it's uh i found it very difficult to control because it was like moving on rails you know like it was always going forward on its own 
and then the left and right uh, D pad controls actually move the uh, the ball left and right in a way that was very not intuitive to me. And uh, yeah. basically, like six thousand cockroaches were swarming all over me, doing damage, and I could not hit them with the ball. Yeah. So um, when I watched the little tutorial thing in the attract mode after I had finished playing, um, it it was like you just push left and right. So I think basically what you're supposed to do in with the wrecking ball is match left and right um, to, to get it to swing faster. And eventually you can just get it go around in circles really fast. And, and the problem with that, the thing that was really unintuitive about that is left and right still also control your speed at the same time. Like you, you, you move forward faster. It like the, the vehicle like continues moving forward slowly, but if you're pressing forward, it moves forward faster. And I, it was really confusing trying to drive that thing, especially since I hadn't yet seen that instruction message. I wish that it was at least intuitive to the point that you could experiment with it and find it. Whatever I did actually get the ball swinging around. I had no idea how I managed it. At least on the bright side, it has so much HP that like it's really difficult to actually break the machine. I never successfully did it. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, you, you mentioned that you only have four hits, and uh, we talked about the annoying getting hit wait time. Um, but the vehicle sections are are much more uh, free. With like you, you don't get stunned at all, and uh, there's just like a, a big health bar that decreases. Yeah, there's one vehicle section that was kind of evil, though, because you're on a... Of course, you're on a hoverboard, because it's the 90s. You're on a hoverboard, in and... a castle level, for some reason. Yeah, it's in a castle level. Very strange. Very weird. But you're on this hoverboard, and it basically turns into, like, a, a side-scrolling shooter kind of thing, uh, which is, is fine. And, you you know, you can take a lot of hits, but right at the end are five guillotines... Which, oh god, yeah. Yeah, that I, I was like, oh, I've got enough health. I've got, you know, a quarter of my health bar left. That's no problem at all. All five of them hit me and I died like literally with the exit in sight. It was just the worst. <laughs> or you can just fly over the guillotines. I don't. Well, yeah, I but I was stupid. So the the ones earlier not. in the level uh you, you like want to slow down and let them drop before you go through them. And then the ones at the end, uh, I just sort of blasted past before they fell. But what was really um, annoying in that level is uh, you hit the last target and it's like exit unlocked. But then instead of the exit being right, right there, like in all the previous levels, you uh, have to go through a, big like winding up and down passage on your hoverboard with spikes on the top and bottom and i died uh before i even got to the five guillotines in a row like three times i never died i'm a hoverboard master and you are all hoverboard scrubs it's true <laughs> if you ever died while playing this game you are forfeit from the podcast uh -oh. you died oh no i i didn't i lasted so little time. Yeah, I died um, on the very first level. Like, like I, I was being very uncautious. <laughs> I, like 20 minutes a... into my first podcast, and I'm already disqualified. Wait, <laughs> you can only see the high score entry if you have died enough time, so we know that Curry Rice is no longer co-host. Shit! 
<laughs> yep, so there you go. You're all, none of you are free of sin. This podcast is over. Um, I uh, did get a third vehicle, which was the best vehicle, which was the tank. And when you get the tank, uh, you can shoot little tank missiles out that just kind of like lop out of there. They just like drop out like a little underhanded lob out of the tank. But you can shoot them like a million times a second. <laughs> you need to hold the button to Excuse shoot me. them farther. That's also in one of the attract mode tutorials. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But the most important thing about the tank is that you can jump around like a maniac. Like the tank just launches into the air and you can just jump back and forth everywhere in this enormous tank. It's great. That's great. Oh my god, I love this game. Like there's so many things going on here. You can like I mentioned that you can get these hats that uh give you additional weapons and things. So, first of all, they're a free hit. So they give you an extra point of health essentially. And then when you get you hit, you lose the thing, which is fine. One of them's a fucking flamethrower on your head. That's pretty great. One of them fires little missiles that are dependent on your momentum. So if you're moving right really quickly and then you hit the button, they'll go very far versus if you're standing still they kind of land about, you know, what I would assume to be about six feet in front of you, assuming he's about five feet tall. Um, that's like, how real ballistics works. Yeah, that's how real ballistics works. There's a jetpack hat. That's pretty cool. I didn't find that at all useful because it was only in a boss that flew around a lot and it was actually much safer on the ground. But it was great. It was great. Wait, you had that in that boss too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in both versions. So the the the. The newer version, the better version, um, had both power-ups, and yours only had oh. the one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so... but yeah, I it, forgot that L and R were, like, buttons I could try pressing, so I never figured out how to uh, use the hats. I appreciated the extra hit that also didn't stun you, uh, but yeah, I, I never figured out how to use the flamethrower, and then it's like, oh yeah, there's an R button when I watch the track mode tutorial thing yeah those buttons are are often forgotten <laughs> yeah we all and not all of us but i think most of us missed at least one feature of this game so some some folks are like i couldn't figure out how to work the hats uh somebody said and, and you oh, missed the shop right completely missed the shop if you hit the select button so you can collect stars you get them from enemies you can just find them and i was like i don't know what these are for i thought when i got to 100 i'd get an extra life but that's not the case so like okay whatever you get 150 it. for an extra life which is really steep i thought it was 500 what was 500 oh the 500 was a password that's yeah, the right. weird password i got that password and the password was um hold on i wrote it down it was saving for poetry oh yeah i guess so yeah but okay <laughs> so when i used the password it warped me to an earlier level than i was on <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so there's a shop that you can spend stuff at. One of the options, it goes from 50 to 500. There's like four options. And 50 is, what's it called? I can't remember now. It's, oh, I, I meant oh, to it's, write down all the shop item names for poetry, but I, I didn't. I forget what the 50 did, but it was a gamble option, and it would either give you, that is what we're talking about, right? I, yes. My internet yes. kind of cut out for a bit. Um, The... Gamble option would either give you 10,000 points, which is useless. Um, Says the person who got uh, top score on the high score board and is proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can give you 30 stars. It can give you 100 stars. It can give you nothing. Um, it 
can uh the most importantly it can give you party time party time which, which is like every defensive power up at once i think whoa Oh, yeah. I did. I did want to note for the boss that flies around, the jetpack is ext- actually extremely useful because it can just take infinite hits with jetpack, and it just keeps appearing again and again in the same spot. That is true. Yes, you can take infinite hits. I only used it for the hits, though. I didn't fly because I found flying. I just got hit sooner. So, and yeah, party time gives you essentially a, like a Mario star. It gives you spiky balls that fly around you and can kill small enemies, uh, and also protects you, I think, from one hit that's not a small enemy, or just if it hits you. And then you also get the the best punch, which is the the electric gun punch, um, which is is incredible. <laughs> I love that this game is a gambling option. Like, what the hell? I got a single extra shield from it. I got ten stars once, so you put in fifty and get ten out. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I tried it twice well. and got 30 stars and then points and then didn't try it anymore. Yeah, so this game is so strange. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, what did the 100-star thing in the shop get you? Uh, Oh, let's see. There was the gamble. There was the password. There was the um, extra life. Oh, uh, I think 100 was a uh, save place. Yeah, I never tried that, but I assumed that it was, like, a checkpoint in the level. Yeah, okay, so I know what it does, because I watched the full speedrun on YouTube. And the save place means if you hit save place, if you die, then you will immediately go back to that specific spot in the level. It's level-dependent, so if you go to a different level after that, then you, it doesn't matter. So it's it's that's so interesting. Like, what an interesting mechanic. Like, it's a save state that you have to pay for. It um, like it's not quite a save state no. because you lose still a lose. Yeah, you lose a life. But um, the uh, what the speedrunner would do is that if he was getting near the end of a level and he knew that the next level he would need more of his health because your health carries over consistently, uh, you don't recover in between levels. That he'd like get to a certain point, he would purchase the save point. And then he would jump to his death, get the full health, and then finish the level so that he would have full health by the next level. It was an interesting uh, sort of thing to exploit because it's not like... like I can see it being used in a more conventional manner, but um, I'm so accustomed to just going back to the beginning of levels and games and redoing that stuff that I would not have really thought to use it. It seems like a weird... Uh, choice because like if you can just finish that level without dying then you if you die early in the next level you can just be at the same basic point and it feels like it you spend a bunch of time going into the shop menu and buying the thing and then respawning in the previous level it costs like a, a lot. Like a weird strategy. A strategy, yes. It costs a lot for something that, at that point, you probably don't need because you're good at a podcasting. <laughs> Real life intruder. Hi, mom. <laughs> that was actually my sister. Hi, uh, your sister. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's uh, it's it's okay. I was talking before the podcast how this is a very British game to me. It feels like very 
very much a game that would be made for the Amiga and then ported or something. But the the closest thing I can think to weirdly is Plock, um, with its sort of odd mechanics. It's got bonus levels. Well, it's got a bonus level at the end. It's got power-ups that change the way you play. And most importantly, it doesn't have a save system whatsoever. Um, it's either passwords or you just keep your damn console on. And additionally, if you lose all your lives, you're fucked. Like, you go all the way back to the beginning of the game. Not to the beginning of the world, the game. Uh, so it's a very... It reminds me of that sort of weird weirdness. But then the addition of, like, the password system that you have to pay for even stranger so but yeah and that way it feels very like like a, like an english game to me so it's interesting plus European. they spell uh, they spell tough in the british way that is not <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> uh so okay uh the rom that one second before got i believe is most often found on a website called and i may get this wrong but it's the first google result for uh mr tough uh super nintendo central snes mm -hmm. central and um i was looking on there and they uh describe that one the password system does not quite work and so you need to use safe states um uh, and the other thing was that this game was very ambitious and as we can see that in the form of all of the different types of power-ups, we can see that in the form of the, the gambling option as well as the strange save point mechanic. We can see it in all of the different vehicles and such. Um, it like I do think this had a lot of ambition in it, and uh, their theory, I believe, was that uh, this game had so much ambition that it kept getting pushed back until finally the publishers didn't feel like taking a risk on selling it versus what else was coming out at the time because that was 1995 um i probably need to look up what came out in 1995 on the super nintendo against this because that would probably be interesting to compare it to i, I want to Kong country when was that you know, I think that, that maybe the important thing is that Bubsy came out on October 28th, 1994, and Bubsy killed mascot platformers. <laughs> I feel like this is true. <laughs> this game eats Bubsy's lunch. And you know Donkey Kong's lunch. This game eats Bubsy's nub. <laughs> oh, uh, you, know, you know what? I'm I sorry. It came mom. out. Hi, Curry's mom. It came out in the EU on October 28th, 1993. Sorry, my bad. So this actually came out a couple years before this probably even went in, at least a year before this was in development. So that's really odd. So I guess, Bubs, my theory's bad. <laughs> one thing I just confirmed is that one thing that did come out in 1995 on the Super Nintendo was Prehistoric Man. Ah, oh, yeah, it's not Chuck Rock. <laughs> this would have been a better game. Oh fuck yeah! This is a way better game. This is a good game. Like I, I, other than the odd continue system, which I could definitely, I feel like you should continue at a world rather than at the beginning of the game. Um, this game feels great. It's a good game to play. Donkey Kong Country came out November 21, 1994, so that may have been a uh, a, a deciding factor. Like, what are we competing Look at against? These incredible 3D graphics. We can never compete against this game that looks like it was dipped in mud and <laughs> pig shit thank you for saying what i've always felt i feel like dkc is ugly as hell but that's neither here nor there i suppose 
What do you guys think this game would have, uh, what do you think the reaction would have been to this game had it actually come out? And like, where would it be in Super Nintendo canon? I think it would be another obscure platformer nobody cares about, frankly. Yeah, Yeah, I think this game would have definitely been forgotten, but I do want to say that the quality of this game uh, makes it not feel very British to me. (laughs) That's that's a a nice, subtle burn. I like that. Um, But yeah, the quality is very high. The jumps are good. The only part that felt bad was swimming. Swimming sucks, because you basically jump like an eighth of your normal height, but repeatedly, it was fucking annoying. (laughs) Yeah, so in the first level there's uh a big pond that you basically have to to get go in the water to get around it and there's a fish in there that kept hitting me which was really annoying and then there's like a a, i don't know a hermit crab or something that's like just sitting in a shell that takes a million hits and gives you like eight stars which feels like it doesn't do anything it just sits there and has a lot of health and gives you a bunch of stars which felt worth killing a couple of times at the beginning when I like real crabs in real life yes yeah I I would definitely I definitely cut open crabs and stars fly out also they're delicious yeah they're hard but very good what the so swimming was annoying what I did find interesting was a lot of the water has like little uh, platforms like just at the surface level of the water on the edge to sort of help you climb out the side, which was a nice little thing that they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting out of the water is not too bad. I had some trouble with it, but there are spots. There's one spot in particular. I don't remember where exactly, but there's an enemy right on the edge of the water that's basically impossible to do anything with if you have the wrong fist. So it was just very annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of swimming. There is a weird thing you can do though cuz in some of the levels there's lava and the lava doesn't immediately kill you. You can actually swim around in it just like water. But if you're in it for about 3 seconds, you take damage. So that's an interesting little mechanic. I liked that. You get stunned if you take damage in the lava and then have to swim up and get stunned again before you can get out. Yeah, there's enough. Well, this game has a really generous invincibility time, though. Like, for all the stun time that you have, I think it's double that for the invincibility time. Like, it's really long. Hey, guys. I uh, I went and looked up the list of other Super Nintendo games that came out in 95 that would explain why uh, the, develop- the publisher was like, eh, fuck it, this isn't going to sell. And it turns out uh, pretty much every Super Nintendo game ever came out in 1995. Because here's the list of just the highlights that I picked up. There's Brandish, Breath of Fire 2, Captain Commando, Chrono Trigger, Donkey Kong Country 2, Doom, Earthbound, Earthworm Jim 2, Fatal Fury Special, Killer Instinct, Kirby's Avalanche, Kirby's Dream Course, Mega Man 7, Mega Man X2, Metal Warriors, Mortal Kombat 3, Ogre Battle, Secret of Evermore, Super Turrican 2, Wild Guns, and Yoshi's Island. Fuck. So wow. 95 is like the defining year of the Super Nintendo, practically. And you had a bunch of good platformers in there. And beat-em-ups. So we're lucky that they didn't try to retrofit a Mr. Tough flashing fatality mechanic into this and shove it onto shelves after, I guess. Yeah, I feel like this game... I don't, it wouldn't have competed, and which is unfortunate because it is. I do think this is a good game, and I think that 
that it could have been at least one of those forgotten gems. At this point, it's beyond being a forgotten gem. It's just forgotten, like, which is sad. Um, it's a good game. It's a good yeah. game, Brent. I bet if this was a launch title, it probably would have been remembered pretty well. Yeah, if this had been like two, three, four years, or when did the Super Nintendo come out? 1991 or something? Like, I'm the host of a Super Nintendo podcast. I don't know when the fucking thing came out. <laughs> you should get on that, probably. Probably needs some more more information. Hold on, I'm looking it up. It came out in 1990. I'm the new host. <laughs> came out on November 21, 1990. Thank you very much. I think you're both wrong. I came out in, like, 2003, I want to say... It came out in 2000 and late. Yeah, you're so 2000 and late. I'm so 2008. What song is that? It's a Black Eyed Peas song. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, what other gun notes do we have? Because I, I really want to talk about the vanity for this game. What other gun notes do we have? I hate the time limit. The time limit is so short. I pretty much never beat a level without getting the uh, time's almost up notification. I want to say that's very in character for you because you're also the person who drives backwards on a racetrack just to see if it works. Uh, but yes, true. <laughs> the time limit does stink. It's way too short. I died on the first level simply because of the time limit because I was taking my time. Is it 100 seconds always? Yep. Uh, you get... You can get uh, items that refill it to above 100 seconds, but yeah, otherwise it starts at 100 seconds. The problem with the time limit for a lot of the later levels have a Sonic the Hedgehog-ish quality where you want to explore a whole bunch of like different paths to, uh, uh, yeah. before you finish. So it just feels really bad to try and rush through these levels in under 100 seconds. Yeah, they should have removed that straight up. If this game had gotten a release, I I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it hadn't had the time limit because it sucks. I also I just know. realized that I'm complaining about finishing levels right before the time limit ends, and my name is one second before. Oops. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm this is, like I don't know if you all have noticed, but this is a speed run game. It was made for speedrunners, and uh, if you. If you start playing this game and you don't already know everything about it, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, that's a very, I feel like that's a very, again, European platformer kind of thing where it's like, oh, hey, we made all this cool stuff. You better fucking rush and skip all of it. Like, it feels like that to me, um, which I don't know. It's interesting. I really seem very speedrun friendly. Like, there's a lot of, um, like the, the the pace of it is is something that speedrunners would probably enjoy, and just the the amount that we are all frustrated by getting hit in timeout that's gotta drive speedrunners nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the ability to lose six seconds of time because you made a slight mistake that's a lot. That's a lot. Although this game can be completed in forty eight minutes with with the bonus level that you get at the end because there's coins there's hidden coins in the level and if you get all the coins i assume that's how you get to the bonus level but i didn't check <laughs> yeah there's one hidden coin in each level and it actually says in the uh the tutorial that uh if you get 30 of them you access secret what was it called secret world secret mm -hmm. island bonus land i think so there you go. So yeah, I mean, again, again, that feels very European to me. This is—it's just. I think it was Bonus Island. 
Oh, maybe so. Bonus Island. So weird. Um, really, more I like just Boner play, Island. More like Boner. More like Ready Player Boner. What? 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 I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm tired. More like Boner, Boner, Boner. Boner. By Boner. Boner. Soft. Boner soft. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So I'm happy. I'm I okay. Yeah, I think I'm happy. Moving on to our next category. Anything else? I got, a, I got a couple more little things. Please go. Um, so uh, the we talked about the green switch that just like blows up everything on the screen. Uh, there are also red switches which uh, turn on and off uh, like little hidden blocks um, and also act as springs. Which was kind of cool. So, like, there's a hidden area in the first Toy Factory level where it's like you can bounce on the switch and go way up high, and then oh, it's blocked by a red block, and then you bounce up there again on the switch, and because you turned off the block with the same spring switch, you can get up there and get a drill and some stars. Um, so that's interesting that they made switches and springs the same kind of thing. There's some really good secrets in this. I thought they did some really good, uh, really good jobs of uh, hiding things. Because in one of the levels, you start in this little crate to the left of you, and it's actually made of four breakable sprites. You break it away, it turns into a spring. You can bounce up above. There's also uh, at the beginning of every level somewhere. There's a little pink teddy bear type thing that will pop its head up for a moment and then disappear again permanently. And if you manage to punch it, that's three free stars. The first. Like every level? Well, maybe not every level, but it seemed like there were multiple levels in which it happened. The, it was the le- usually the Toy Factory levels that had the pink teddy bear. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because the pink teddy bear is also just like a regular enemy that you find in other places in those levels. The first obvious switch was also kind of a gotcha for me because I... Uh, yeah, you bounce on the switch um, and the platform appears and... So I bounced again and was just naturally pushing over to the right and the bridge disappeared and I died. So it acted as kind of a fun little gotcha for me. Thanks, Mr. Tough. Yeah, I like I liked that this I didn't figure that out until late, that the switches act as bouncy platforms as well. Some of them are, are not switches. Some of them are just bouncy platforms, too. So that's interesting. It feels good, too. It's not like Mario, like the first Mario, where you have to hit the button right as you hit it to bounce really high. You you can just hold the jump button, and you bounce really, really fucking high. Like, it's it's super high, um, which is which is cool. So, yeah, I was a big fan of those. And but then the last thing I had uh, for Gun that I wanted to say is so many levels have an enemy, like, right on the friggin' exit. Like behind the thing yeah. you can't even see them and then you just get that. hit right at the exit after like you already have the you're at the exit message and and you get hit or you die and it's really frustrating yeah that was just mean that got me a few times that's that old british sense of humor <laughs> that old british sense of humor they love to they love to watch you fail <laughs> they uh they love irony and uh I assume this is irony, because as an American, I don't understand it. So it's probably irony. Did you just say, what's a concept? 
Yes, as an American, I'm not sure what an what a concept is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So you see, when Mister Tough and a pink teddy bear uh, have a deep and abiding affection for one another. There's a meeting of the minds. Conception yeah. is different than concept. <laughs> what? Sorry, Shrug. I know you want to get on that generative train, but uh, we're not we're not there today. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I am making the executive decision. Uh, we are our next. We're moving on. Our next topic is vanity. Um, and my biggest takeaway from this game is that somebody loved to draw sprites. There's so many sprites in this game. There's so much background art as well. There's so much level art. Um, it's, it's actually kind of incredible. Um, but what, what were other people's takes on, on vanity other than, wow, there's a lot of it. I love spear pits. There's a lot of pits filled with spears. Yeah, the spikes in this game are particularly hostile looking because they're usually pits of spears and axes. Why is this robot world filled with spear pits? Well, Are they robot larpers? No, there was just a very good reason all the humans left this planet. They did not want to deal with all of the spear pits they built. <laughs> this alternate version of Wally is getting weirder by the second. Well, technically, I don't think it's a Wall-E thing because it's early on established that we're not actually dealing with humans. We're dealing with spacemen. It does say spacemen discovered a special planet. But then it is just, they do say that the Earth is dying, I think. They did say that the Earth is dying. They do, do call it Oh, the wait, Earth. okay, so Tulpa's posted. This is probably poetry, but we're here anyway, and I don't care. The intro says, Years ago, spacemen discovered a special planet. It was just like Earth, but was unpopulated and unpolluted. They called it Utopia. Apparently, that's where, where Mr. Tuff lives, is Utopia? No, no, no. That's where they found. Uh, that's the planet they went to. But uh, weirdly enough, in that little intro cinematic, the uh, the shot of the Utopia planet is framed by a giant crosshair, which is like, who is about to shoot the Utopia planet? Why is there a crosshair? Well, humanity is humanity. A, yeah, humanity is a very warlike uh, species, and they find a pure and unsullied planet, and they want to destroy it. That's the hidden plot in this game. The humans are moving there. <laughs> I like I everybody I... talked at once right there. Perfect. The humans in this game are the gun, and the crosshair is aimed at Utopia. Oh my god. But I do actually think that's the subtext here, is that humans have ruined their Earth. They go to seek another world. Their uh, destructive properties are already, like, are so ingrained in human culture that even in the telescope gazing at other planets, they have uh, a crosshair and some violent red coloring for all of the... uh, all the heads-up displays in there. Though, I do have to say, as far as vanity, the drawing of the planet Utopia is really good. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Planet. Yeah, it looks, it, it looks, it's very physical looking. It looks like a tiny little um, world you would make out of clay or something. Like, it's gorgeous. 
And yeah, the, I feel like the graphics in this game are very good. Um, I, there's not a huge amount of animation frames for even Mr. Tough or, or any of the enemies. Thank so it's, God. I know. <laughs> so it's not like Chester Cheetah, where they're like, here's all the animation, and we're just going to fucking die before we finish the game. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's less like that. But each of the individual frames is really nice. Um, each of the enemies, there's so many unique enemies. So you've got a ton of different environments. So each world has between like four and seven levels or something. And so some of the environments get repeated, like the toy factory shows up a few times. But you have weird things like a car park. You've got a castle, which we keep mentioning. There's, what What? What else were there? I'm forgetting all the levels now. Power plant, ghost house, which is just a transparent Mario like uh, ripoff. But uh, what else was there? The ghost uh, house was, was way spookier, though, than Mario. There was the temple. Yeah, there was a temple full of weird demonic imagery, of all things. Like, and maybe Naga. Not... Yeah, there was... Yeah, there I, was... Thought, I thought the temple was straight up uh, Ray Harryhausen all the way through. Oh, yeah, because it had those those skeletons, very stop-action-looking skeletons that exploded into bones. Like... Oh, good point, yeah. Um, also, there's a slum level. There's, like, a shitty, uh, broken-down apartment. <laughs> yeah, there's Blast. just a Yeah, there's like a ghetto level, which is surprising to me. It's like a really rundown apartments. Maybe there was like a huge post scarcity boom at some point and or like there is like it's implying some huge we we continue the path of extreme economic stratification that we're on now. So you have the extremely wealthy the bored, extremely wealthy, who are just a bunch of LARPers who are just building castles and filling them with spear pits and building weird appropriative temples and staffing them with extremely expensive robots and never with human beings that can be provided with jobs. And right, putting hoverboard tracks and they're fucking in wings of their castles for no reason i mean other than it's really rad i guess being rich isn't all that bad if you can put a hoverboard track in your castle what was i talking about i think you were talking yeah. about hoverboards and castles larp world <laughs> larp world we're dealing, we're dealing with the aftermath of larp world but um. then even but then the resources ran out and everyone had to leave there's a clock tower level there is a clock tower level which is great um, and in the clock tower level you fight the very much plagiarized from gundam uh zaku with gundam colors oh it is a zaku isn't it but a- anime is for nerds i didn't pick up on that at all but i do really like the design of that guy he's like this big mech who is like designed like a a 747 air airplane you know it just like has an airplane uh nose for a face and uh yeah it looks neat so it's a gundam ripoff it it totally looks like a zaku yeah like that okay there we go we're all learning things well i'm learning things. and it's here. called mr damage mr damage <laughs> which is such he's a great got name the, uh... He's got the he's got the little skirt under the torso. He's got the uh, the little uh, breathing apparatus type thing that Azaku has on the front of its face for some reason. Oh man, it's got. Sorry, I just realized something. 
So in this boss fight, you're fighting Aerobiz personified in a clock tower. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, this is all of the Snatchploration episodes at once. You know, I was I was actually reading about this game, and Mr. Damage has a bit of a backstory. He used to be a, a security bot at a mayonnaise factory, so it, it ties in even more. Damage! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. At some point, we're just going we're going to record episode 208 and it's just going to be references to old podcasts. It's going to be about Chrono Trigger. We're not going to talk about Chrono Trigger at all. Yes, mayonnaise. Just fucking mayonnaise and aerobiz and caveman. It's going to be a it's going to be a disaster. What do you think Chrono is using to make his hair stand up like that? <laughs> oh god. Jet fuel. It's not mayonnaise, it's jet fuel. It's a mixed up both. <laughs> Here's a secret for your hair. <laughs> Mayonnaise and jet fuel. There you go. That's it. Put yeah. it on your eyes, too. It stops wrinkles. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see. What else did I write for it? The music is fine. I didn't feel like there was... You know what? I, I, I've been thinking about Plock thanks to this, and right now I'm just going to play some Plock music. Great. There it is. I just wanted to do that because I love music. I, I really like the the title, the, the menu theme, the main jingle. Oh, I hated it. It just got stuck in my head and drove me crazy. This is playing over plot music, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I stopped the plot music and now I'm playing the menu music. <laughs> I've interrupted myself. You keep making your own audio job harder. Uh-huh, yep. Now I'm playing individual clips of the block music to make it sound like Tom's Diner. No, I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. Now we're playing Freeform Jazz. God damn it. <laughs> now I'm well, playing well, some bluegrass. It's going to be how, how you uh, edit the music over me singing the same music. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to sync it up. We'll see how it goes. Good it, luck. <laughs> it might be a cacophonous mess. <laughs> yeah, you're playing... I'm like not in the same key, so... Now you're playing the longest extant recording of the Laplace's Einstein on the Beach in full. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> now you're playing Stevie Wonder's unreleased album, Songs in the Key of Tough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, we're still we're still listening to Einstein on the beach or whatever. <laughs> anyway, I like that jingle. I kind of like the Ghost House track too. Uh, most of the other levels were pretty boring musically. I hated the Toy Factory music so much. It's like the worst song I've ever heard. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, there was there was not a lot going on with the music that I thought was good. It wasn't horrible. I don't think it was as horrible as you think it was, but it was just meh. I played this with headphones, and I don't remember a single beat. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't remember anything about it, about the music. There was one track I actually kind of liked. It was the uh, Parking Garage track, which, by the way, that level was my favorite level by far. And uh, the music in that one has, like, it's like an 80s synth-pop song, like a new wave synth-pop song with... Uh, it actually uses, like, samples or maybe faked samples of... Uh, car engines and car horns to the beat. It's kind of great. That is that is actually pretty neat sounding. That's, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, shit. Do we got any more vanity from anybody? I, I want to say that I wrote down in my vanity notes, and I'm not sure why I wrote it here. I wrote, skateboarding fucks. 
I don't know why I wrote that. What it's is bastards. more, what it could possibly be more vain than skateboarding fucks? <laughs> These fucking skateboarding fucks. What the hell? Um, each each world has a map. I liked those. So like the maps look. There's sort of an isometric view of an island with buildings on it that represent each of the the level themes, and it looks. Um, it's not quite Sim City-ish, but that isometric thing makes me think of a strategy game more than anything. So that was a thing. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I um I think the greatest piece of vanity in this, which unfortunately I've already mentioned, is uh its ambition, which prevented it from coming out. It kept getting put off because it wanted more, more things, and in the end, we have a ROM without working passwords. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I will have a theory for the real reason it didn't come out uh, to be revealed during the mystery segment. Intriguing. I, that's oh, the mystery segment. Okay, I thought for a moment you meant the bonus category. I was like, what? But go on. I mean, uh, or well, we'll get there in a yeah, minute. We'll get. I'm there. just saying that uh, I'm just trying to be shit posting verbally for a little bit. Love Excellent. it. Uh, the light, <clears throat> the lighthouse environment that you do a boss fight in is very cool. There's like a, uh, you're like on the platform with the big view of the ocean behind you, and it's storming, and the lights in the lighthouse are phasing in and out, and it's the first boss fight. So you've got this like scary military robot that you're dueling with. It's like very cinematic. Yeah, Why are you fighting Mr. Tremor, who's like an earthquake making robot who also has a laser beam in a lighthouse. It's all very confusing because Mr. Tremor not only doesn't cause earthquakes, but definitely uses the power of lightning to shoot lightning from his hand. Oh, he causes earthquakes. He jumps up, and when he hits the ground, the ceiling caves in on you. Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. I didn't quite catch that. I I guess I just beat him too fast. (laughs) I guess I was just too skilled to see the video game. I mean, he's pretty easy if you have, like, any good weapon. Yeah. I was actually stuck on him for, like... Four tries before I actually found a secret uh, weapon, before I found any weapon. And so I was just trying to hit him with the regular punch, and he kept kicking my butt. He is fairly challenging with the regular uh, overhand special punch, because uh, it doesn't do as much damage as a lot of the other weapons, I think. And you have to hit him more times before he'll get stunned and actually like dodge his attacks and stuff. You gotta get in inside that electric thing. Gotta get inside like you're a real life boxing robot. <laughs> yeah. Or that. If, only you could, if only you could punch when you're ducking, then. Well, wait, you can, but you can't do the overhead punch. Yeah. So, you can't special when you're ducking, but if, you, um, if you're in close enough to him, you can special him while he's firing the laser and not get hit. Okay, I was wondering about that because I, I did die to him the very first time, but that's because I had zero health and I just, well, one health, I guess, and got, got killed immediately. And then yeah, I went same, actually. Just... I got him down to, like, one hit left and then died because I only had one health on me the first, like, two times I got to him. Oh, yeah, and that's an interesting thing, too, with the bosses and yourself. So you have a little icon at the bottom with, like, three sort of wave-looking thing, like parentheses, parentheses around your face. And each parenthesis represents one of your health but you can also exist with no parentheses and then you'll you'll die that that's your fourth hit and then you die the bosses are the same when they have zero health like there's a little health bar at the top when they have zero health they still have one more uh health left which is weird 
anyway, that was just a thing. That's more of a gun thing, but I thought it was really odd. It it threw me off the first time. I was like, ah, I got him! And I hadn't got him. Speaking of real-life boxing robots, though, I had to step away for a moment. Have we just talked about Mr. Tough himself? He's adorable and he's strong. He's, yeah, that's about it. That's all we've seen. He is. He looks. He's got a face structured like an English bulldog. If the jowls were made out of metal, he's got shoulders. He has no neck whatsoever. It is just, or really a torso. It is just a giant head and two thin little orange legs and two giant football pad shoulders that literally go up over the top of his head and then boxing gloves. He's just shoulders and fists and this freaking steel jaw and he's glowering and he's very tough and very cute and he's ready to punch and I love him very much. He's he has good eyebrows robot. that waggle. Yes. His eyebrows do waggle. He's a classic Nintendo mascot who doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, every now and then as you're playing, he'll stop and, like, look at you and waggle his eyebrows. He does, like, the DreamWorks look at you. And we, we also note that uh, Mr. Tough is actually very small because in the uh, one of the levels, uh, he can stand next to a boombox and he is barely taller than a boombox. Oh god. They're just boomboxes because it's the 90s. And you can't, he can't destroy the boombox, he cannot stop the rhythm. That's the one thing Mr. Tough can't destroy, is the rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I tried to push the rhythm, but that didn't work either. Also, the cockroaches are half the size... Yep, there you go. That's the rhythm. We're there. Oh my god. There's also a golem where in the temple that looks straight at the camera. It looks kind of like it has sunglasses, but I think those are just sunken eyes. And and when you punch it, its head flies off, and the head can do damage to you as well unless you punch it again. That's nice. That's a nice touch. So every level when you start it has a little portrait-like image of uh, a scene from the level with Mr. Tuff doing some kind of action. And... The Toy Factory one is savage. It shows Mr. Tuff using that famous drill arm to drill directly through the center of one of the enemies in the Toy Factory that's, like, made of cotton candy, and there's little flecks of cotton candy flying around, and Mr. Oh. Tuff has this sadistic grin on his face, and his giant eyebrows are angry eyebrows. It's it's a lot. I think that's the teddy bear, and I think that is that classic British humor. Dead. I okay, didn't so catch is, that. So is that irony then? I think no, because it's, it's because steely. Mr. Tough is probably made of steel, it's probably steely. That's what I'm thinking. Hmm. Because you wouldn't make a robot out of iron, right? You make it out of steel. Iron's too soft. Oh, I mean, wait. Shrug would know. Um, well, Shrug is a robot. See, uh, steel is iron. It's just Iron plus carbon, so all steel is iron. Not all iron is steel, but uh, how is much it, iron is glass? Oh my god! Is it is uh, it is it steel less less like likely to corrode though? 
I think that's the only that's it. That that is if you add chromium to steel, you increase its wearability and corrosion resistance. If you add a certain amount of chromium, it's like a certain percentage, you get to uh, the point where you have stain resistant or stainless steel. We're all learning on this podcast. All your alloying questions answered here. <laughs> the only and, the only things I ever learned about alloying was from Dwarf Fortress, and I forgot it all. So, and that leads us into mystery. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about mystery. What's What's the mystery here, other than the fact, like, why the fuck didn't they release this game? Because, at the very least, they could have made some money off of developing it. My, um, wrecking ball vehicle was destroyed by cockroaches, which makes me wonder if the cockroaches are themselves robots. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, most wrecking ball vehicles would crush a cockroach. And sorry, go ahead. That's a toy wrecking ball vehicle. Sorry. That's true. It could be a toy wrecking ball vehicle. It is the size of a boombox, so... (laughs) The intro story uh, uh, tells us that uh, the humans, or spacemen, whatever, uh, took every living thing with them, and then the domestic robots wanted to make, like, a society... But then the military robots took control. So, uh, why why are there cockroaches? Uh, and why why are you fighting toys? Why are toys not on the side of the domestic robots? Have you seen Small Soldiers? Because that would answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah, you but read they're, the they're not all military toys. Like, why are you fighting like teddy bears? Teddy bears are easily radicalized by the. Uh, bad boys that that's true I, mystery solved <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot a gun thing oh yeah go um, for it um, this is a free form podcast of, mostly <laughs> speaking of cockroaches so um the cockroaches are really annoying uh because they're too small to like hit without ducking and and it's hard to use specials on them um but then uh once i found the uh the fire special punch uh they were a lot easier because the way that the fire thing works is you do your normal overhand swing but then when you hit the ground it like spreads fire to the left and right and the left it doesn't go straight to the left and right it follows the ground even if like it drops down or or goes up so you can hit cockroaches that are like down below you while you're standing on a crate i forgot a gun thing too which is when hatchet dudes or radicalized teddy bears that throw wrenches throw their shit at you, it doesn't just arc through the air and then through the ground and off the screen. They actually tumble, and when they're tumbling, they can hurt you, and that just completely goes against all my platforming instincts and experience. It's not Super uh, Mario Brothers 3. No, yeah. And it, it got me a few times. 
I am just looking up small soldiers pictures now, and I really need to watch this movie again. So I have a mystery. I, I mentioned this earlier, the uh, password that I got. Um, it was L-L-B-T-V-R-S-M-R-T, which looks like it's just consonants from a series of words uh, like that ends with T-V-R-Smart. But I don't know what the LLB would stand for. All I can think is LL Bean, which I'm thinking is probably not it. <laughs> LL Bean Television R Smart. Perfect. <laughs> that's so weird. I love I love passwords that are handwritten. Like that's kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> and cheat codes. So my other big mystery thing is also to do with passwords. So I went to look at the password input screen. Is like the first thing I was doing as I was going around menus and. Um, so you, you have the same kind of alphabet scroll left and right as when you input your name for the high score table, but all the vowels are replaced by little like mice or some kind of animal head sprite. I don't know why. That is weird. <laughs> I yeah, that's an uh, that feels like a hack. You know, that feels like oh we. We know the password's not going to have any vowels, but we don't feel like making a new password screen right now. We'll do that later. Right now, just replace it with mouse heads? Sure. Sure, do that. Like, where did that sprite even come from? It's not like a Mr. Toughhead sprite or or anything else I saw in the game. Probably more of that trademark British humor. Lol. <laughs> it's probably irony. Those classic Brits. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I didn't have, uh, wait, oh, okay, so my mystery was where the fuck are they hiding all these coins in the levels, because I felt like a lot of the levels were fairly linear, and then I couldn't find the damn coins, so that was one of my mysteries, was just, but that's more just ineptitude on my part. They're pretty well hidden, like, in the first level, uh, just for example, the, uh, secret coin, to get to it, you have to not smash the, the capsule with the health power up that's like halfway through because you have to jump on that and then jump up to the left onto a falling block and then up to the left again uh to get to the secret area where there's some like stars in the coin and uh a weapon i forget oh the, that that's where the fire weapon is that's fucking mean because i'm playing a smashing robot and i'm going to smash absolutely everything i see if it can be smashed. Yeah, well, we're, I'm on the side of smashing here. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, smash those eggs. Those those are called eggs, by the way. The capsules. It, it refers to them as eggs in the tutorial. Eggs. That is so weird. <laughs> so that's how robots reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> they lay eggs with power-ups, and the power-ups eventually become robots. Perfect. Mystery solved. Oh my god, you're a boarding baby robot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're consuming robot scent stem cells in order to gain. So, look, some robots now, fucked and then left their baby have, there. <laughs> now I have one main theory as to why this game didn't come out. It's because the uh, pro life lobby lobbied the release of this uh, robo abortion game. Robo abortion? Oh my god. You could also say that the demon temple full of devilry imagery is uh is is maybe a good reason it didn't come out at least in the u.s too nintendo always censoring our fun uh but my real theory is that 
that uh, uh, the Gundam lobby threatened uh, the entirety of the United Kingdom with an, with a colony drop to prevent the release of this uh, game that plagiarized a sprite from one of their characters. <laughs> I think, yep, that's probably it. There's, you know, the Gundam lobby is very powerful. You know, that's it's it's just a fact of politics in the United States. So, man, the U.S. would be a better place if that were true. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Giant war robots, maybe not the best thing. Yeah, maybe you're right. I just want to ride a Gundam like instead of an airplane, you know, to get home on the holidays. Yeah, it'd be a bumpy ride, but it'd be worth it. I assume Gundams all walk. I don't know what anime is. So, uh, <laughs> do we have any more mystery? Clint, we solved a big mystery that's been ongoing for some time of when are we going to have a recording session that's scheduled when I'm not at work. Mystery solved. It was today. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. It, ironically, this is the one that I didn't even send out to people because this, this is just the regulars and then Infinite Nutshell. So it's great. It's great. Um... <laughs> I did not solve the mystery of why Discord was crashing my computer when I joined the chat, but I have successfully joined the chat on my laptop this time. So, oh, good! Yay! I have I have been do there on that here on that for some time. Yay! Good! Yay! No crashing. I want to, you know, if this podcast ever gets successful, I'm buying everybody nice computers and recording setups. Just FYI. Right. <laughs> All that sweet, sweet podcasting money. Yeah, I know. There's so much of it to go around. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. This podcast brought to you yeah. by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Mattresses, filled with that delicious stuff. It's so soft and gooey and nice. That's why I love Audible. Sign up now. I'm going to talk about my underwear for a while, y'all. <laughs> You've tried. You've tried sleeping on conventional mattresses, but have you tried cooking a bunch of macaroni and then stuffing that mushy pasta into a bag and resting on that for a night? <laughs> I have, and it's incredible. <laughs> Crafter! Crasper! Nope. <laughs> it's even better when you mix a bunch of cheese sauce and milk up in it. And it doubles as aromatherapy <laughs> for the best night's sleep you've ever had. For exactly one week before it all turns rancid and you die. Try and our subscription service. Only $100 a week gets you a fresh craft mattress every Friday. On the dot. <laughs> I'm dying. Please do, please do not eat the sack of macaroni and cheese byproduct. It is not for human. <laughs> cheese product only for sleeping on. And now we're all rich. <laughs> That's promo code S N E X. That's promo code S N E X for ten percent off your first craft mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Subscribe to our Patreon for bonus uh, Salaryman Corner episodes. <laughs> oh, oh God. No. We should do that. Speaking of. Speaking of. Dun, 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 it's Salaryman Corner. Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, I've got a lot of images to dump for this. Oh, thank God, because I didn't fucking play it. This is the first week I, I haven't played it. Um, we, 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 <laughs> I say we, but not we. Some people played Gonzo Pachi Slot Nipponichi. I don't know anything about it because I fucking forgot. We were halfway through recording Gun, and I'm like, oh shit. Uh, so somebody else, please talk about this, Tulpa. So I am not Tulpa, but I will. I will talk first because <laughs> I hit the button first. I'm not Tulpa, but here I am. <laughs> Um, you could be. So I loaded up this game, and you know there are a bunch of menus in Japanese, and I picked something at random. And the first thing that happened was I got in a quiz game, and so I tried answering yes to ten questions and got like four out of ten or something, and got sad, a sad sound effect. Later, I uh, went back and tried the same quiz again, and I think they might be the same questions in the same order. Uh, and I got like seven out of ten by trying to like do the correct answers from the previous time, but I still got a sad sound effect. So I guess you have to get all the quiz questions right. I know my job because we do training online. You have to get at least eighty percent. So you might have just been one question off. Oh dang! So close. <laughs> um, then the next thing, uh, basically, I went through all the things on the main menu and and figured out like what the various things were. So I guess there were a couple of there were like two different story modes and a bunch of like just go directly play a slot machine and some kind of like I think it might have been a horoscope thing that like had you put in a date and and then gave you some texts. This is um, why we needed Sakarina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The real salary man. <laughs> well, well. Also, this game was atrocious. It's just slot machines. It's just a bunch of slot machines. The sprites in the story mode are wonderful, though. I uh, just picked the first option when I when I started it up, and it and picked like the first option to pick out a slot machine, and then pushed a button and it immediately started just spending all of my money really fast going really quickly and I, no button I pushed could get me to cancel out of it and I was horrified and disgusted and I never came back. <laughs> yeah, I got I, the first slot machine I played and the second slot machine I played, I got I got into like auto auto keep playing mode somehow and I was like, ah, how do uh, I how do just, I quit them? That's the start button will automatically spend all of your money for you. Uh, you have to uh, press the start button again to uh, stop that, and then you can quit out of menus using the select button. I imagine a lot of infinite money there. I imagine a lot of gambling parlors would love to have a button that does that. <laughs> this sucks all your money right out of your pockets. <laughs> um, I have to say, like Clint, you have to put this music in the podcast because the title screen oh, music yes. this game is insane. Okay, incredible. If, if 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 I can't find a dump of it, I will record it myself. It's like a really crazy, like bad, hyperactive, like hip hop remix of this uh, sample of a, a high pitched voice, like saying something in Japanese. Amazing! It's it's like very off brand Jet Set Radio. <laughs> this sounds really good. This sounds incredible. Oh God, did I miss playing the most aesthetic? salaryman game yet in terms of music i guess maybe 
in terms of sprites too, because these sprites are great. Yeah, the just like just on the title screen alone, this game looks extremely hyperactive, and I was, I was not, I don't got the spoons for this. <laughs> it's, it's not remotely worth playing, except for the three minutes it takes to take all the screenshots I took. Well, there we go. The uh, logo of the production company or, or publisher or whatever is really good too. They're called Coconuts Japan. And the logo is like giant gold 3D letters spelling out coconuts, except that one of the O's has a stylized little palm tree inside of it. And then Japan underneath is written in an italic VAP style font. It's gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, that is really good. You really have to stick to the, the canon of this podcast to know what a VAP style font is. <laughs> or you could just Google VAP. I guess. Well, that's going to be hard. Put it in quotes and make sure Google doesn't correct you. You'll find VAP. I actually totally missed VAP. I don't know what that is other than an emoji in uh, the Discord. Oh, they published one of the other Salaryman Corner games, a Pachinko game. So, like, our two real sponsors of this podcast are VAP and Ajimoto Mayonnaise. And Coconuts Japan. Ajinomoto. Ajinomoto, thank you. A Ginomoto, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. I think that's good enough for a salaryman corner. Yeah, I, I I, will say that I stuck with this long enough to get out of auto slots mode and actually, like, press the buttons for the slot machine myself. And I won 10 credits one time. The end. I won negative 250 credits. Amazing. <laughs> I lost my house. <laughs> I like. I went up to the machine, I pressed start, and immediately I lost all my children. I knew that the only way to win was not to play. That really was the lesson this time around. And that's why I'm quitting video games for good. Welcome okay. to the book podcast. I do want to note, because I dumped a lot of screenshots, that when you go into the story mode as the girl character in uh, this uh, Pachinko game, or p- Pachinko slot, slot game... game uh, you werewolf. Wait, 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 hold on. You cut off for the most important part of that. Say it again. <laughs> Me? You start talking to a werewolf. Like, that's your start of your adventures in gambling away all of your money, your house, and your children. You start talking to a werewolf. That's beautiful. All right, so I think that's a good, that's a good salaryman corner. I'm sorry I didn't play this game. I had other things going on, a lot of which was... Don't be sorry, you didn't miss much. <laughs> Terrible house. Oh, this is much better than they usually are. God, they're really bad sometimes, so I'm glad we had a good one, and I'll get that music in there. It's probably been playing, like, this entire time, and you're all sick of it now, so uh, there we go. Um, so let's move on to our next topic, which is Poetry. <laughs> Um, and somebody mentioned they had a lot of poetry for this game. I forget. Was it you, Tulp? I forget. It was me. It was you. Okay. Hi, Curry. I've also got poetry. Oh, good, good. Uh, so two notes that I had were, uh, the, the fact that it seems to carry the theme of that children inherit the sins of their parents in that after humans decide to abandon their responsibilities and leave everything behind, the military robots decide to take over and... So, it is like, you would think robots would be able to identify that they should probably take better care of Earth or try to re-terraform it or whatever you want, but no, 
the military robots keep the uh, militaristic attitude of their creators and are just interested in dominating the planet. And another detail that I noticed was that the order of the levels seemed to imply a nuclear war, which, I mean, in hindsight seems obvious, but the order of the levels is Homeland, which, sure, Badland, uh, which, at first I was like, that's a weird idea for a theme, but okay, uh, it establishes you've got us and you've got the others. You've got Nuclear Land, which establishes the nuclear element. You've got Toxic Swamp, which establishes the uh, the consequence of nuclears, of, you know, stuff, of storing nuclear energy. Uh, and the final two are Fire Zone and Iceland, which seem to imply... <coughs> The, the fire zone seems to imply the actual war aspect itself, and Iceland would be like nuclear fallout. And this is a bit of a stretch of a reading, maybe, but it's the closest thing I can think of to theming, because the levels themselves within the worlds do not match up to anything. Sometimes the enemies don't make sense within their levels. Just like, there's a fucking hoverboards in the medieval castles. I don't understand, but... It's the closest I can get to theming in this game, and I think uh, theming would have been a bit better for it. It's mandatory to have a fire world and an ice world in every video game, so... I mean, yeah, but... And a swamp world, for that matter. Yeah, oh. I'm just... I'm still trying. I know why this game didn't come out. They left out the mandatory sewer level. Oh, shit. Literally. They only had a garage. Which isn't nearly enough like a sewer. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It needed a sewer level. No, actually, I think this is a broader point about video games is that you generally go from good to terrible, like over the course of a game, simply because you're upping the difficulty and thematically you typically match that. Um, so a lot of games could be read as like, things are okay, and then they got really, really, really bad, um, and then I fix everything by punching someone in the face is usually the, the answer to that. Um, but yeah, this certainly reads, the nuclear land really throws off any typical reading I'd do. It does feel like a bit of progress and technology actually causing problems in a very specific way. I thought that was interesting. I didn't know it was Fire and Iceland after. That's pretty cool. Okay, so I want to know, uh, my first bit of poetry is in the opening cutscene. If you look closely in the background of the first screenshot I posted, uh, you will see that the ship that all of the humans are getting on to leave to Utopia is called the HMS Rust Bucket. So I do not expect that they will actually make it there. That's beautiful. That's, uh... Are those are those jet engines? Because I don't think those are going to actually fly too well in space. <laughs> I think they're just aesthetic. Yeah, they, they don't do anything. It's actually like a weird warp drive. But you had to put jet engines to get anybody on there. Yeah, I w actually now that I think about it, they have to be aesthetic because the people are climbing into the jet engine. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. rampant. <laughs> And for scale, the people are like two pistols tall, and the jet engine is like 120 pistols tall. This type The stratification, the social stratification is still a big issue. Um, most of the people who are going to Utopia are actually being killed in those engines, and only the very wealthy will make it to the new home world. Silent so Green is jet fuel. And I want to uh, quote this actual story so I can bring up what I think the theme is, and it's the theme of all robot stories. 
With no one to serve, the domestic droids try to set up a new society. All robot stories are actually about slavery. Yeah. Might drop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a very good point. I want to make a connection here that the HMS Rust Bucket is at least similar to in Banjo-Kazooie. There's a ship in the level called Rusty Bucket Bay called the Rusty Bucket. So I just I just like that. It's very important. Terminator's not about slavery. It's about murder. Slavery is murder. Thank you. Tulpa, are you saying that this is a, a very this, that this game's story is a bad take about how slaves are just as bad as their masters? No, this is not Bioshock Infinite. But um, but yeah, that's that's what we were all leading up towards. <laughs> Thanks for setting that one up, Curry. <laughs> Terminator. No, because there are good robots and there are bad robots. Terminator Two isn't about slavery. It's about wouldn't it be fun to have a big robot who is your friend and also has to do everything you want him to and up to and including killing himself in order to preserve the status quo of the human huh. there's something very Robinson Crusoe asked about Terminator 2 I'm saying proves of slavery I'm a, I'm a Terminator I terminate I miss the tough I tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's sad this never got a Mr. Tough 2 with a time travel plot. That would have been pretty good. Mr. Tough 2. Mr. Oh, Tough 2 would all be all about time traveling back to before the humans left and destroying humanity. I would have I would have said he leaves the planet and goes to Utopia and beats the shit out of the humans. Yes. <laughs> Either way, victory. Weeds. The real villain are humans all along. Who knew? Maybe they shouldn't have built a slave uh, slave race of machines that are all like. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the final boss was a uh, uh, like an actual like Gundam sized robot in what appears to be a missile silo, I think, named Mister Apocalypse, and oh. so. The humans just decided to leave all of their extremely dangerous weaponry behind, and we're just kind of like, yeah, keep it. <laughs> also, you are the weaponry, so figure that out. You could say, I mean, that, that the, the intro to this is sort of a hopeful thing, and that the humans are like, well, we fucked this one up. Let's at least leave our nuclear weapons our and our evil robots and our slave robots behind and move on to a new place. Of course, that speaks of human-like carelessness that it didn't fix we didn't fix the problems before we left but maybe on utopia everyone is happy and it's just you know this is the the leftovers trying to sort out the rest of the shit that we've left behind i don't know we don't, we don't uh, know what's in the hold of that ship probably more slave robots <sighs> yeah that's what i was trying to say it's filled with slave robots that are powered by nuclear engines so that they can just send their slave robots to blow each other up once they get sick of each other good god this is dark this is really dark they're just gonna build more castles and weird appropriative temples and have robots fight one another and proxy wars in the bowels of them and toy factories from which they produce more slaves that are teddy murderous teddy bears. Welcome to the Cyber Night 2 podcast, part two. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Oops. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. There's some poetry. I'm trying to see what I, I I don't think as deeply about these things as 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 anyone else does because I just wrote down random kill all button. I think that it's very poetic that in the midst of an apartment complex is a gigantic green button that murders everybody within sixty feet. Like that's pretty good. That's that's. I'm pretty sure. It's a new nuclear explosion that you trigger whenever you press that button, so you're further ruining the Earth forever. I, That's just how far stand your ground laws have gone. <laughs> um, in your future, or the far future, he seemed threatening, so I triggered the nuclear explosion. <clears throat> oh, I and thought I... he was reaching for a knife. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I'm moving on from this dark shit, okay? This... Oh, wait, okay. no, no, I, I just want to uh, correct a misapprehension you had. I don't think at all about this. <laughs> it just happens. I don't think at all. <laughs> I've got a very deep and important mystery, which is... Uh, or, I mean, wait, we're on poetry. A deep and important poetry, which is in the parking garage level, you can read some of the car's license plates that you go by. One of them says, Ned 1, and one of them says, Poo. Oh, Ned, Ned 1, that's the artist who released this. That's great, I love it. Wait, really? That's awesome. Oh, and one bit of actual poetry, uh, which was the high score screen. Yes. Uh, I didn't get the bottom 20, but I got the top uh, 9, I guess. I, the white... I very much like that the top score by default is the... Well, you read them in order. The White Knight, yeah. Pan, Pothead, the Doctor and his assistant, Kirk, Wildfire. Love it. I mean, this very much reads like an unreleased game to me, because you're not getting away with releasing a game that has Pothead just sitting in it. <laughs> and the prompt to enter your name in the high score screen says, Hammer your name. And you hit the A button which is a special attack and he slams his big robot fist onto a letter which is lovely or he slams his big robot fist onto rub 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 (laughs) uh courier rice just posted in the chat a screenshot of the like 12 through 20 high score list and here's an interesting one there's a few of them that come together to form this sentence dial hard for swc smd konami bbs mk are they like giving instructions for how to get into a bbs that they're on in hong kong oh that's hk bbs hk whoa maybe you have to dial the five seven five five four three two <laughs> no wait that's your score fuck should have had a phone number in the scores that would have been amazing i don't know what swc and smd stand for uh super wet crack oh god Super Wario Coral. Thank you. And Super Mega Drive. Wario, Super Wet Crack, and Super, and super, or super Wario, Super Wario Core, which is a lifestyle where you're extremely dedicated to wet farts. So the two well, go together. I want to note that the top half also starts to form a kind of sentence. If you read it all together, you get. For the best Diat ATX USS Enterprise trade line, dial hard for SWC, SMD, Konami, BBS, HK. It's so strange. <laughs> there should be one more line because that screenshot has uh, 
a non-default high score on it. Oh my god, there's one at the bottom that you can't see. How do you see the high scores without getting a high score? That's a mystery. You either just lose the game or you wait for it to play on the attract mode. Okay, we have to... Okay. Somebody start the... I'm going to start the game up and I'm going to find all the high scores. All right? All right. And that's the end of the podcast. Podcast is over. <laughs> no, uh... What is next? Uh, while you're looking for that, we could do Harmony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to move on to Harmony? Let's move on to our final... To- well, set semi-final topic, which is Harmony, as always. So, um, I feel like this game actually came together really, really well. Um, but what, what are some folks' thoughts on Harmony? I thought the... I, I said it before already, but I thought that the land themes didn't match up with the levels. I thought... Like, I understand that they like if you put all of the like temple levels together then it would have really probably intense difficulty spikes each land but it still just kind of wish that like nuclear land all the levels related to a nuclear theme and toxic swamps all would be kind of toxic swamp stuff but it's like, hey, here's Fire Zone. Here's another castle. Here's another clock tower. Here's whatever. I don't know. Yeah, there was there wasn't any real uh, coming together of levels with the different zones. In fact, they probably would have been better off if they just uh, loaded all like all of one sprite set per world. Though that might have been monotonous, because some of these levels are much longer than others. Yeah, that that was my other concern is that if you put if you did put all of the like clock tower levels together, then you'd be pretty sick of clock towers before the end of that land. And if you put, I mean, it would make sense if you put all of the uh, nuclear uh, military base levels into nuclear lands, but you would just be exhausted by them by the end. Yeah, it's it's kind of a solutionless problem, maybe. Well, or either that or we're too lazy to figure it out off the top of our heads. Or you could make better levels. Oh my god, I gotta make a ROM hack right now. But anyway, isn't... Shouldn't you be tired of the new from library, library day? <laughs> you should be tired of it because it's bad. It's, Wait, yours it's, is... It's meta. Why is yours different? Okay, okay. Oh god, I'm confused. I'm very confused. But this is the high score table that I have from top to bottom. You ready? The White Knight Pan, Pothead, the Doctor, and his assistant Kirk, Wildfire, James Tsang, Rush, Real to Real, For the Best, Dial, is that, it looks like Diet. ATX, USS Enterprise Trade Line, Dial Hard for SWC SMD, Konami BBSHK, SFC Library J. Uh, but Tulpa's is different. It's in the last line instead is Ace of Moon, which is really confusing. Is that you, Tulpa? Very strange. No, that's not me. That's the default. And for some reason, it's not even following the same pattern as the rest of them, because it's 200... Uh, 28,200 points instead of 10,000 points. Okay, I just figured something out. This is crazy. I think I just blew this wide open. Okay, Tulpa screenshots do not include Konami BBSHK. 
So I think, okay, I did some Googling and I found an old text file, like a TXT file that appears to be a dump from like a, a Usenet or BBS type uh, conversation that I think was like a scene for people that were dumping ROMs from various games, particularly Super Nintendo, because what I found is transcripts of the results of a contest to dump the most ROMs. And one of the people that scored in that contest was named Konami BBS. So I think that Konami BBS dumped this ROM and then changed the high score list to include their name. Okay, interesting. That would be wild. So and... I've got the channel list and use some hacks bullshit. Fucking hackers. So who's ready for Konam- or Konami's Castlevania Ace of Moon? <laughs> this is actually pretty crazy because this is uh, like a problematic for a from a historic point of view because if you count on ROMs as being like a preservation medium, which they kind of are when all the when all the uh, cartridges die out, all you've got is these ROMs that have been dumped, especially for a game like this that was never released, then if someone like went in and hacked in some text that wasn't there from the creators, then that actually messes with the historical record of this game as a work. So that's pretty interesting. That is really interesting, and it's just a theory. A game it's... theory. God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that fucking line is stuck in my fucking head. This video is brought to you by Craft Singles. Stuff them in your mattress. Fuck, <laughs> put everything in your mattress. Stuff a million of them in your mattress. <laughs> oh, it all makes it more comfortable. Every craft product makes your sleep better even even uncooked noodles just just fill it full of that hard macaroni and and crunch around on it it's going to be great fuck okay um let's okay so we've discovered that potentially this game has been uh permanently destroyed in in some manner by hackers so good job hackers but uh, very interesting this is an ex- this is a snexploration exclusive soof, soof, soof. Mr. Tough is on this list. There we go. So, so that's interesting. Um, it's, it's hard to deny what I'm seeing. I love this. Craft, craft owns Grey Poupon. Imagine that in your mattress. That's the sound it makes when you lie down. So before we move off talking about the high scores and stuff, what was everybody's high score? Oh, I have no idea. I didn't even look. What is a score? Well, when a rabbit and a toy soldier <laughs> love each other very much. Uh, Mr. Tough is born from and that's how you score. Uh, my high score was 284,500. My, my high was like 208,000. Mine was 161,600. I got fifth place. Minus four. I got four points. That's a good job, <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to drop one Tetris piece, one line, and then you get four points. 
Well, there we go. I, I so yeah. I don't know. This game is a, it is a, a bit of a mishmash of elements, but I think I think mechanically it works really well. Harmonious mechanically, it feels like everything fits into this idea of being a big smashy robot, and then you have a biz- bunch of bizarre stuff to actually smash, including ghosts and toys and cotton candy rabbits. So I guess that's my my final harmony take on this. I've- Oh, we even mentioned during the gun segment that there's, like, 20 different vehicles in this game that all have their own control schemes, because that kind of adds to the harmony for me, that this game just has so many weird things in it. Machines piloting machines. We talked about, like, two of the vehicles, but, uh... Oh, we talked about three. We talked about the, the... Wrecking ball, the tank, and the hoverboard. Yeah, what else was there? Because I didn't, I didn't encounter anything else. I mean, I can't remember it because I was just watching the speed run. Uh, there's a lot more stuff in the second half of the game than there was in the first half. I feel like uh, the most interesting level design might have been in the bonus world that shows up after you beat everything with all the coins. And it uh, it's also like pretty hard level design, but there was some interesting stuff going on there. Like platforms where... The- Sorry. Platforms that were like tightly interlaced with each other where uh, the corners were breakable blocks that you had to break in order to try and get around and in between these platforms. Interesting stuff. Uh, Upside down doors for warping. Really like I was like, this would have been nice to see earlier in. It feels like it sounds like a bit of the Lost Levels or Mario 2 in Japan kind of thing where it's like the developers had built this tool set and they only put it to their full, slightly sadistic use at the very end, you know, which is interesting. Any more harmony? Well, no, I, just, I just think that the world would have a different view of British Amiga style video games if this had come out. Maybe we'd all be a bit more British. I, we'd all be a bit more ironic, and we'd be okay with nudity on television. I think this could have stopped the Iraq War. I think I think I think you're right. It, we would have learned a very valuable lesson about unchecked aggression and leaving the planet for space. And how to wield chainsaws on for your hands. Excuse me, Mister Tough has a chainsaw. And nobody mentioned this. I just remembered that. That's so fucking good. We definitely mentioned it, no. but it also bears re-mentioning. He has a chainsaw power-up. Chainsaw and it's drill. The, it's so good. Chainsaw is one of the best weapons. I've And a ball and chain. And a ball and chain. There's so many good things. Okay, okay, okay. Would we be more or less weirdly obsessed with the British monarchy? Probably more. Probably more. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe... All right, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna go. The there. Iraq War was probably worth it then. If this had come out, I think maybe. I think maybe uh, Sales Curve Interactive could have bought Rare, and then everything would have been complete. You know, we could have had Banjo Kazooie meets Mr. Tough in Rusty Bucket Bay, and the Rusty Bucket would have been the spaceship that landed back and we would have all found out that Banjo-Kazooie was set into the utopia world of Mr. Tough, and it all would have come together. You know what? Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts is basically like a Banjo-Kazooie skin over what should have been a Mr. Tough game. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Vehicle-based platforming where you build a thing yourself and you get in it, but if you were also a machine, it would be way better, plus you could have a chainsaw hand.
Fuck a bear. Fuck a bear with a backpack. You know, you know, red bears don't deserve backpacks. You know, Red Fatch and Gorilla is just a human stand over Mr. Tough 3. I'll accept that. Oh, no one mentioned this. Okay, this is very important. There's a two-player mode, and it's like a Mario and Luigi taking turns thing. But the important thing is that the Luigi in this game is named Mr. Firm. Wow, I didn't even try two-player modes. Now I... Do you have a screenshot of what Mr. Firm looks like? Because I really need to know. Oh, yeah. I don't, but he's, like, shaded a little greener. He's, like, exactly like Mr. Tough, but different color. He really is the Luigi of Mr. Tough. Oh, I thought he would be one of the other crying robots uh, from the opening cutscene. That would have been cool. That would have been nice, but a lot more effort. And, unfortunately, that is just a bit too much ambition for this game. You do get a purple background on the level select screen instead of a green one, I think. No, wait, nope, Homeland's always purple. Nope, that's just me. So there's Mr. Firm. All right, all right. I think we've har so, harmonized. While, while, while we are connecting uh, games that we've talked about or care about or whatever, one more random thing. Do, do we feel like generations, robot generations later, uh, the planet that was left behind by all the people that that Mr. Tough lived on got renamed to Planet Bomberman. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, yes, obviously, because they are a post-scarcity society that knows only how to destroy. So the military robots won, and then they, they destroyed their diversity, and they all look like bomber people now. What the fuck? I... Bomberman's not a military robot. He no, Bomberman's born from Mr. Tuff's fists. Don't you see it? Okay, Mr. Tuff's perfectly yeah, round Mr. demolition Tuff is fist. A demolition robot. Perfect. So, so yeah, that's Mr. Tuff won, and then uh, more and more robots in future generations uh, became demolition robots because they uh, their hero was Mr. Tuff, and and things just kind of developed from there until you get to a world of Bomberman. There we go. And and we come closer to this exploration universe collapsing into one thing. <laughs> the grand unified theory of Super Nintendo. Universe, it's not Chuck Rock. <laughs> Everything but Chuck Rock fits in the exploration universe. <laughs> okay. Um, I... Chuck Rock lives. He's the last human who returns to Earth from Utopia and lives there alone. The dying world. Chuck Rock is in, Chuck Rock is post 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 apocalypse. Is he comes after the end of the robot era? There you go. And he yep. Okay, perfect. From the last Neanderthal who was living in a cave. It's not it's not Chuck Rock and tell it is. It's not Chuck until Rock. It is. Until it is Chuck Rock. Okay. The more games we play and connect together, the harder it is going to be to to say it's not something at the end. <laughs> the harder, the more we connect this, the harder it is going to be true. to listen to. Eventually, everything will be something. It's true. Everything will be something. <laughs> okay. So, Harmony, I think I'm good. A any dissent? All right. So we're going to move on to our mystery topic. And, uh, Courier, what is our mystery topic this week? All right. The mystery topic this week is... Uh, so, 
Mr. Tough is an unreleased game. We have discussed this. We are, we have well discussed this. If you facing down the lane of time and death, uh, had the opportunity to bring Mr. Tough back a game that was released on the Super Nintendo. What game on the Super Nintendo from the list I'm about to post that I said earlier from the 1995 games would you sacrifice? Donkey Kong Country Ooh. 2. <laughs> but no, go ahead with your list again. Oh, I see you're posting in the chat. Perfect. I'll go ahead and read this out loud again for those listening at home. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the list is... Um, and I didn't include every game that was on the list that came out in 95, obviously, because we'd be here all day. Yeah. Uh, but these are the ones that stood out to me the most. Um, Brandish, Breath of Fire 2, Captain Commando, Chrono Trigger, Donkey Kong Country 2, Doom for the Super Nintendo, Earthbound, Earthworm Gem 2, Fatal Fury Special, Killer Instinct, Kirby's Avalanche, that's Puyo Puyo, Kirby's Dream Course, Mega Man 7, Mega Man X2, Metal Warriors, Mortal Kombat 3, Ogre Battle, not Tactics Ogre, Ogre Battle, Secret of Evermore, Super Turrican 2, Wild Guns, and Yoshi's Island. And so we're erasing one of these from history so that Mr. Tough can be released, right? Yes. Okay. I personally would erase Doom, not just from the Super Nintendo, but from all history. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Just to see what happens. I'd be interested in the result of that. No, actually, that's not far off from what I would do. I'm actually a little torn. I have a real answer that I think it would be safe to erase, which is Earthworm Jim 2. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucked on 10, 10 April. If you, erase if you erase Doom, you erase all first person shooters that would ever come afterwards. If you erase Earthworm Jim 2, you literally killed Doug to Naples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which I'm okay with in this case. Yes. If you erase not really. I'm, I'm not for violence. If you erased Earthworm Jim 2, then Bernie Sanders would be president right now. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the actual case, because uh, Doug to Naples created uh, the alt right. Fuck, ducks. Okay, there you go. That's a good, good answer. I like that. Um, but is that an actual thing? Oh, Doug Tenaple is uh, extremely far right. He didn't create the alt right, but you know, he's he's an extremely conservative Christian he, asshole. He, he literally compared homosexuals to um, dogs. He's a big turd. He's, he's compared. Asshole. He's compared people. Uh, gay marriage to people wanting to marry their pets in all earnestness, very snidely. And luckily, Mr. Tough got released, and now Doug Tenaple is dead. So none of that happened. <laughs> and Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2 aren't actually good games, so... They're bad! The only, the only good thing that came from Earthworm Jim 2 is that one song that Tommy Tallarico wrote for one of the levels. I don't remember what it's called. So in in uh, by contrast, though, uh, without Tenaple, we wouldn't have had Neverhood, which means we would not have had the Neverhood soundtrack by Terry S. Taylor. 
Oh, dang, that's such a good soundtrack. I also, when I was a kid, really liked the Earthworm Jim cartoon. I don't know if it holds up. I do remember the cartoon being fun, yeah, being fun. <laughs> it was kind of a Freakazoid-style humor. Oh, Bob is, is definitely Earthbound, so uh, so that we would have something to strive for in the future. You monster. <laughs> no, he... Topa has a point, though. If we After Earthbound came out, we all just gave up on poignancy and video games because it had been reached. There's no Mother 3. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're done. Like, Earthbound came out and everything else has been lesser. <laughs> uh, has anyone else picked what they would kill? So many of these are lesser ports. I don't. So I'm just going to go with Donkey Kong Country 2 now that we've sussed out the um, Doug Tenipple. Ten nipple. Ha <laughs> ha! He has ten nipples. <laughs> ten of them. And you know what? If he did, there's nothing wrong with that because some people have more nipples than others. Yeah. And they can't help that. But Unless they can help being an awful person. Yeah, nipple count doesn't equate just, to awfulness. Yeah. I'm just going to erase like one of the three or four games on your list that I've never actually heard of. Brandish. Are you outing yourself as a total noob? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Brandish is in fact one of the games I've never heard of. I don't know what Brandish oh is. You know, Turns out nut is not MLG. Especially if they're erasing Brandish, because Brandish is cool. What is, what is it? It's like a dungeon crawler... It's like, and also the sequel is titled Brandish 2, The Planet Buster. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so if we're being, like, appropriately, wouldn't you get rid of Super Turrican 2? Because that's, uh, like, an Amiga port of a a European game, right? But it's good. Well, yeah, but it still exists. This would fit, this would slot in nicely where Super Turrican 2 is. But the thing is, if you were a kid, like, in our generation... We probably would not have access to the Amiga. We would have access to the Super Nintendo. Mm, that's true. Would you really want to give up Super Turrican 2, which is like one of the craziest running guns? That's true. That's a good point. All right. <laughs> Yoshi's Island. All I had access to was no. the game, so whatever. <laughs> Get rid of Yoshi's uh, Island. No, you bastard, Clint, no. That game's not as good as people say it is. Clint, no, Whoa, you're wrong, no. I'm sorry. I will no, burn this you're no the house. It's better than Donkey Kong Country 2, but it's not as good as people say. Oh my god, oh my I quit god. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there anyone else, or is it just me? Like, for picking the one to kill. Oh, I pick uh, Killer Instinct, because if Killer Instinct never came out, 9-11 wouldn't have happened. Fuck! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That makes all perfect these, sense. Wasn't all these incredibly Instinct, hyperbolic hot takes. Wasn't Killer Instinct one of the ROMs on uh, Bin Laden's uh, <laughs> network of computers? I don't know, but it would make sense. I, I think uh, I would never erase Killer Instinct because it's the only fighting game I've ever been remotely good at. A single Killer Instinct cabinet made its way into Saudi Arabia and was being played by some uh, American service people during the uh, build-up to Operation Desert Storm, and that's the actual reason why Bin Laden was so angry at the presence of Westerners on the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, It had nothing to do with uh, extreme 
Islamic fundamentalism. It was just, I can't believe they're playing this video game with a weird flashing fatality. I, uh, it's well, a fact. I'm going to just jettison myself far away from this edge and say mine, which I was going to say Mega Man 7 because it's the worst, well, not the worst Mega Man, but it's it's a very awkward Mega Man. Um, but actually, it, I would easily kill uh, Mortal Kombat 3 because Mortal Kombat is just garbage to me. Agreed. Uh, Killer Instinct all... is better than Mortal Kombat any day of the week. Probably, yeah. I haven't played Killer Instinct, but Mortal Kombat just in general is all's, all style and no substance, and I have never cared for the style. Especially on the Super Nintendo where it's all sweat, right? I think, yeah. There's, like, no blood. It's all, like, white goo or something. Maybe it's not white. <laughs> it's it's mayonnaise. You didn't, you didn't include uh, Blackthorn on this list. That's the game I would have killed off. Did it come out in 95? Uh, according to Moby Games. Well, shit. Then, uh, then that's a Oh, no. Thing. It came out in 94. I don't know why it's lying to me here. Oh my gosh. Blackthorn sucks. There's a lot of shit games on the Super Nintendo, everyone. <laughs> oh, we're aware. <laughs> Wait. Of all people, folks on or listening to this podcast really should be aware of that claim. <laughs> games on the Super Nintendo? I have loved every single one of the games we've played. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have bad taste. <laughs> Especially the Salaryman games. Oh, yeah, especially every single time we play Pachinko, I'm so happy. Pachinko is pure joy. It's just direct, it injected directly into my veins. Get those balls right in my veins. Oh, I have another hot take. If you erase Donkey Kong Country 2 from history, then the Sony Super Nintendo disk drive would have come out and the PlayStation wouldn't exist. Because the fact that Donkey Kong Country was successful enough to spawn a sequel meant that Nintendo was confident that cartridges were still the way of the future because they were able to accomplish those computer graphics using only a cartridge. Okay, then we have that to keep sense. DKC2 then because I need a PlayStation in my life. Okay, I, I just want to... Oh my God, guys, guys, if you kill Donkey Kong Country 2, that means you kill Demon Souls. <laughs> oh, is it, did that come out after? Is that what we're saying? I don't get it. Demon Souls was a Sony exclusive, and oh, if you killed the PlayStation, fuck. then you know you said Demon Souls, and I thought Demon's Crest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Tulpa. I think you were talking. Yeah, uh, I wanted to interject. Uh, my wife let me know that there are no bad games; there are only bad game owners. Oh my god! I didn't know I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I own games all the time. Um... <laughs> Wait, if if the PlayStation never came out and it was the Nintendo Sony disc drive, then Demon Souls would have come out, but Donkey Kong would have been the protagonist. Fuck. This... <laughs> Donkey Souls. Donkey Souls. Donkey Kong Seven Souls. Track you have a a, a really offensive rap opera. Donkey Souls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Donkey Souls rap opera. Okay, I think we've lost the fucking plot here. <laughs> All right, um, any any more games you want to erase from history? This is a really good mystery topic, by the way. Good good job. Oh, oh yeah, I love this topic. I think we should do this with every game we play. 
just decide which other game we would destroy to let this game live. Yeah, any other unreleased games, we're playing this game again. <laughs> we're playing this this one, and we'll pick different years, even if it didn't wouldn't come out that year. Fuck it. <laughs> I think we should just kill every game we play. I think we should just kill every game. Kill all games. Get destroy maybe games. Maybe then I could. Maybe then I could become a doctor or something. Are you Wonder Momo? Something kitchen. Oh my god. What? Motoko? I got Motoko no Wonder Kitchen. And Wonder Momo mixed up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the closest any of our. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's the closest any of our uh, uh, participants has been to just being named one of the games we've played. <laughs> so that's good. Are you. Chester Cheetah. Yes. I have a nub. I have nub news for you, by the way. Why? I have nub news. If <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Are you ready for this? Okay. They they uh, there's a show called Taskmaster. It's a panel show with Greg Davies and Alex Horn. It's really fucking funny, and you should watch it. There's like five seasons of it. Anyway, um, in the newest episode, uh, they made a, a penis joke. And then they called it a nub, and I'll post that on my my uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, my own YouTube channel. I'll put it on the Twitter and shit. But there you go. It's the nub is gaining legitimateness, legitimacy, and it's gaining traction. Yeah, it's it's good. So we're 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 pushing that nub momentum forward. Keep nubbing, everyone. Uh, I changed my mind. I want to delete that Chester Cheetah game from history. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I think that's a good note to end on. Yep. Not an option. I think Chester lives forever. <laughs> that's it for this podcast. Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> if people wanted more of you, where could they find you? Uh I'm Courier Rice and you can find me on the forums as Courier Rice. You can find me on uh Twitter as Courier Rice and also I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog. Check it out because I mostly just reblog things and I love the memes. It's a good blog. Uh, I'm Shrug at Nub.Zone. Uh, you can find me stuffing my mattress with Capri Sun Miracle Whip and Klaus and Pickles and donating to the Patreon because if we've hit that $10,000 a month funding goal, uh, we're so close, we'll finally be able to buy Tulpa their own pachinko machine. Finally. Ah. I've been dreaming of it for so long. Soon. Soon we'll be there. Um, I'm at Shrugopolis on Twitter. I'm shrugging the forums. I'm on the other podcast that Topo will probably mention playing Honeydew Donghammer, the moody hog of Sestorf. It's great. You should check it out. We mostly just talk and don't fight anything, it, which is how you should play role-playing games. It is really good. It's my favorite podcast, and you're up, Tulpa, so you can plug it now. Yes, uh, I am Tulpa. You can find me as Memorious Tulpa on Twitter, and you can find me being the dungeon master to uh, three 
great players, four great players. I don't remember how many people play with me. Cuba, Gary, Shrug, uh, and Miles. Okay, so three great players. <laughs> and... <laughs> loud. No, and all of them are me. Yeah. All of them are great, and it's a lot of fun dungeon mastering for them, and ostensibly we are actually entertaining to listen to, so you should definitely check us out. We are No Rangers Allowed, because no rangers are allowed in our D&D game. I am Infinite Nutshell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Infinite Nutshell, except you have to leave out the E at the end of the word infinite, because that's too long for a Twitter handle. Um, Not anymore. Well, it was when I made my Twitter. Um, Anyway, uh, or you can find me at Pandemonium Books and Games in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, where I will be going as soon as we're done because I have to go to work because I work there. The end. I'm one second before on the select button forums, and I am the president of the United States in the alternate timeline where Mega Man X2 was deleted from history. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been Virtual Clint. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint. Um, and if you like this podcast, uh, please spread the word. Just just tell people about it. Put it on your Twitter account. Put it on your Tumblr. Tell your butcher. Tell your baker. Tell your candlestick technical analyst, um, right. whoever. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so I have heard this before. That there's been two people who have told me they've left reviews on iTunes, and it's not going through. And I don't know why. I don't know where they're going. Usually I'd say leave reviews on iTunes, and I'll read them on the podcast, but I can't frickin' find them. So maybe just send me an email with your review. Uh, snexploration at gmail.com. I'll read it out, and we'll all, we'll all be in awe of your incredible review that is not showing up on iTunes for some reason. But try also, iTunes first. But try iTunes. Also, do that, too. Also, also, also. Uh, you can, if you want to leave commentary, but you're not familiar with those formats, feel free to, like, I think iTunes is best because that also affects the popularity of the podcast and if it shows up for others. But also if you have a Tumblr, feel free to leave, um, an ask for the blog and I'll respond to it. It'll be up there for everyone to see. Send me your memes, send me your comments, send me your hate mail. Yeah, we're very responsive. You can also follow the Twitter at Snexploration. We're on all the, the, the social media. And soon we're going to have a website, but I haven't built it yet, so don't don't even look for it. Um, and, yeah, and for more inane video game discussion, you can always go to the selectbutton.net forums. Uh, we hang out there. That's where this all started, and it's, it's really, really great. Um, next week, we're going to play a game, and I forgot to copy it into my script. Hold on. What the fuck? Shit. I lost it. Okay, there we go. Next, okay. Next week, uh, we're going to be playing one of these three games. Go to the Twitter to vote on it. Uh, the first game is called Matendensetsu Senritsu no U Parts. Oh, I don't fucking know what that is. It's a Japanese role-playing game that doesn't have a translation. Good luck with that, us. Oh no! Can we can we like take that one out? Nope, it's on the list because. Oh no! The other two are in English and they have great names. One of them is called The Brainies. I don't know what the fuck that is. And the other one is called Corn Buster. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, Please don't vote for Corn Buster. I'm so hyped for corn playing this on Transit. Why does everybody want to pick the shittiest games? Anyway, you can... I just want to bust some corn. <laughs> so you can, you can bust some corn. Um, I don't know... 
what's going to happen because I'm going to be out of town next week. So this podcast is going up on time, but the next one might be three weeks from now or it might be on time. It depends on what I, what I am able to get together with everybody here today. So just I'm sorry. It's the holidays. Everything's screwed up. But yeah, and then until next time. Uh, oh, wait, wait, whoa, wait. Oh, oh. I have to cut in. Sorry. Cornbuster is also an unreleased game. Fuck! <laughs> and Can't this, escape it. This cover is incredible. Yeah, the cover for Maten Densetsu is really, really metal. Oh, it looks good. Now, the, the, corn bust, the Corn Buster cover features a dragon wearing a head, like head sash, and there's a cross in the background. Even worse, all corn in the entire world has been stolen. Is this a prequel to Interstellar? This is a prequel to uh, Conquer Bad Fur Day. <laughs> oh god, it looks so bad. Okay, so we could be playing Cornbuster as well. So, so go go to the Twitter and vote. By the time this goes up, the vote will be over. Just just follow the damn account, and you'll get the vote right away. I'm gonna figure out a system where the votes are are right after the podcast goes out. But for now, that's just how it is. Anyway, so until next time, it's not Cornbuster. <laughs> It's not head over heels. Uh, it's not egg elemental gimmick gear. Which is an amazing game. Yeah, it is. It's not Rise of the Robots. It's not Chibi Robo. It's not Otakathon. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you, in a, see you in two to three weeks. Well, we won't see you. God, the brainies looks like garbage. Don't vote <laughs> for the brainies. Vote for Cornbuster. Cornbuster for president. Give us a weird JRPG. Nobody ever votes for the weird JRPGs. I want one of those. God damn it. It's in Japanese. We'll all get like five minutes into it, except Sakurina will beat it. Yeah, well, I can I can power my way through menus like a pro. I got almost all the way through Mario RPG in Japanese before the US version was dumped. God damn it. <laughs> damn. Legend of Matten, the Shuttered Uparts? Man, that car driving by was just big and farty, huh? The shuttered new parts. <laughs> Old parts. Old parts. Oh, I, I shudder to think of the memes that ooh parts will generate. <laughs> the shuttered old parts is still not. Uh... That will be our connection to the sister podcast of Snesploration Squad's uh, 3DO face. <laughs> Thanks to Schnabubula for allowing the use of his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye. Apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently, ooh, parts. <laughs> Stands for out of place artifacts. Oh, of course, of course it does. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that was uh, part of the plot of one of the uh, E&M Banks novels. <laughs> oh, accession. I think that's yeah. uh, also the plot for uh, a manga that was made by the twin brother of the guy who made the Naruto manga, and that is not a lie. That is actually true. Everyone should read Accession by Ian M. Banks. That dude rules. Yeah, Ian M. Banks is great.
Uh, if you want to read, like, uh, over-the-top sci-fi space opera, he's the author to go to for that. Plus, it's leftist space opera. Like, all those memes about uh, utopian, communist, queer... Uh, what was the phrase? They're all, like... All the automated uh, gay space communism. Yeah, yeah, these books are about that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But uh, if you read Use of Weapons, no, he doesn't play fair. Yeah, Use of Weapons like is it. a little bit bullshit. Or you could do like I suggested and read not Naruto. <laughs> no. <laughs> Naruto is far worse. Naruto is not for leftists. The I didn't say read Naruto. For leftists. I said read not Naruto. That would be everything but Naruto, wouldn't it? This is like weird austere post-apocalyptic wizardry versus mutants. Perfect. Um this is all in the podcast, by the way. I hope so, yeah. Oh, we know. <laughs> we gotta eject. We gotta eject. We have overgone our distance. <laughs> Say bye, everyone. Thanks to Shibobu. Bye-bye. Three Blades in a Unitard. Whatever the song is called. <laughs> Playing Super Mario World while on Mushroom. I don't fucking remember. Three Blades in a Unitard. I hope the next Three time you hear us, we're not talking about Unitard. Everybody have a nice evening. Three blades and a unitar. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay, we did it. Jeez.